what's up, guys? It's Brittany Chisholm. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Brown here. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's That's up? A- Episode 113, brought to you by Torque One Racing. The Moto Xpot Show is brought to you by Torque One Racing. As always, title sponsor, Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, as you and I do. And so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, we want to thank all our other sponsors, Power Band Racing, the WP Authorized Suspension Service Center, of course, Fly Racing, best gear in the world, Mad Jack Synthetics, Dane Evans with is an AMSOIL independent dealer at Mad Jack Synthetics, Allsport Dynamics, best wrist braces on the planet, MX Girl Designs for all your graphic needs, shock socks, protect your fork seals, Works wheels and mods for suspension work uh, outside of WP, of course, uh, motor work, coating, and, of course, Kirk Hunter at Extreme Colors. Uh, every helmet, any custom helmet, $295. Can't be beat. Back in studio tonight, we've got Muscle Mark. What's up, Mark? What up? You doing Kirk, all right, man? I'm doing great. Uh, Extreme Colors has my helmet as we speak. Yeah? Works, works wheels and mod has one of the... That's just about everything off one of my bikes right now. <laughs> well, so, yeah, uh, me too. I got some of my parts back this weekend at Dallas. Brett was over there. And uh, sorry, I'm messing with volumes. I hope it's not too messed up right now if you're listening. But yeah, Brett brought me some of my stuff back. Um, looks good. I got all my master cylinders. And yeah, it looked good, man. Calipers and my triple clamp. So I can't wait to get that thing back together. Yeah, uh, it helps to have a dirt bike that's uh, fully assembled and that operates. Yeah, so. definitely, because um, I have two bikes just in lots and lots of parts right now, so <laughs> I don't like it. That's all right. We're going to hook you up this weekend see if we can't get yeah, you Yeah, yeah. You said I can come ride, ride with you a little bit. We'll share a bike, take some turns. Hell, maybe we'll ride. Maybe I'll just sit on the back and take yeah. a lap with yeah, you. Yeah, let's just double it around <laughs> there. It's not like we're going to go much slower anyway. Right, so, right. You know. Well, man, uh, Arlington is over. Uh, lots of drama. It's been wore out on all the podcasts between Cooper and Kenny. Um, I think the only ones that aren't worried about it are Cooper and Kenny. Yeah. They seem cool about it. Like, that was good racing, in my opinion. And I don't think – I think Cooper was very respectful of the inside and could have been a bigger dick than he was, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was in the press conference when I walked in. Ken was sitting on the side talking to uh, Karakiho, I believe. And, um, you know, he was really upset. I thought he was like – I thought he was in tears, honestly, at first. But he wasn't. I walked over. He did an interview with me. And – he felt like it was a clean pass. I think it was a clean pass. You know, he, he could have done some things differently. I think the drama between those two is over. 
I think it is too. Like, and they and they've kind of established themselves as like, okay, these are the, these two are the guys that are are, are are separating themselves from the rest. Yeah, especially after Tom, what happened with Eli, I guess. And <laughs> I don't even know what happened. What happened with him? Uh, he fell, and then it just seems like everything imploded. Yeah. I mean, really, nobody's talking, but. I think we've been waiting on that all year, hadn't we? I hate yeah, to be a dick. I'm I mean, just saying it's happened every year the last right. like two or three, and I hate it because I I want to see him win one. But um, I'm sure he'll get it back together. But yeah, it's I um <clears throat> I just released last week on the podium a episode of Brian Krantz, his mechanic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I we were talking. That. I don't remember if it was on air or off, but I, we were talking about fantasy, and uh, I told him on the Rocky Mountain one. I always I picked Eli to win every single week because I just expect eventually he's going to win, mm-hmm. and you know he hasn't. Really, obviously, he won the one race. But uh, Brian said, well, try to do something different this week. So I said, all right, I'll pick him farther down. And we talked Saturday morning when I saw him. He said, did you pick him first? Or, you know, I said, no, I, go, I went third. But then at the end of the night, I saw Brian. He goes, yeah, well, that didn't work. So <laughs> apparently it has nothing to do with me. No, I think he probably came in behind the eight ball, was hurting a little bit. Oh, yeah. And it's just, you know, what do you do if your body's not working? It's not working. So. Right. Like, I, I don't uh, – he wants to win so bad, like, that things like what happened happened. The front end pushed and – Yeah. I mean, you're go- if, as long as you're going for it when that stuff happens, I wouldn't be disappointed, but – or it's not it, as disappointed. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I don't know what to think about Eli, you know, and I don't want to be uh, – he's mentally not strong. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't like being negative on these guys because I don't know what they're going through. Just not my personality to – Well, he's a uh, – I don't know what the answer is. He's uh, he, he's very much like uh, uh, Damon Bradshaw was. Bradshaw could just be – was just faster than everybody whenever he wanted to be and could pull rides together like what you see Eli do. Right. Win a bunch of races. Wasn't so wasn't so hot in the title department. I think even Eli's – Oh, yeah. Best him in that outdoor-wise. Yeah. And, you know, it is what it is, man. If you win a – I mean, Supercross title is not an easy thing to win. Yeah, well, so, clearly, no, it's no, not, it's definitely not. I mean, I mean but, or and it's you know, and we saw with Jason Anderson, it's not easy to defend either. It's not easy to defend, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I feel like we're in for a good battle the rest of the year, though. If nothing else, if Tomac's physically okay, then he seems to do better when he's behind the eight ball, and he's yeah. behind it pretty far now. So yeah, they were talking about that on the main event moto show the other day. That you know, he's he always has those great rides when he's in the hole and he's fighting for something. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what he needs. Yeah, we'll see, you man. Know? I mean, Detroit's this weekend. Um, it's it's a it's a big race for him. He's got to do something. I'll say this though, like nobody, if they don't do something, Cooper's fixing to separate himself enough that they're not going to be able to catch him. Yeah, and, and good and good on him. Like I'm so pumped to see that with him. Like because the last two years, I mean, you feel like, gosh, what what this guy? Thank gosh, it's coming together. Oh right? yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. We we talked to um, had him out a couple weeks and talked about that. And then at the press conference, I specifically asked him that. I said, you know. Last couple of years have been bad, um, you know, not good for you. You know, what changed? You, well, you changed everything. Your team. So team, mentality, trainer, you know, when did it click is really what I asked him. And uh, he said right around Christmas time when practicing, he, everything, he kind of realized that something was different. And then when he won the first race, he said he, he, he kind of knew that he could, but he still seems to have a little bit of doubt about himself. He's kind of like, I'm still a little bit – surprised that i'm here like well, doing they, this they better hope he doesn't decide he's <laughs> not surprised about it you know? yeah exactly yeah that's so, what i told him i said hey man it's it's in your grass now just go get it uh i think uh i think uh ken will still have some things to say about it he's steadily i know it's taking him a while and it's amazing to see what he's doing from where he's been oh yeah uh, him too like the, the two guys that have had the most crap the last two years are the two that are rising to the top now 
you can't ask for better drama than that. Yeah. You know? And yeah. obviously they don't like each other that much, but I mean, whatever. It's cool to see that makes it a little more interesting for us. You yeah. Know? I think, I think they've grown up a little bit and Cooper alluded to that. I asked him about the old, the drama in the past and he alluded to it's, you know, like to, I don't, one of the other shows, you know, they talk about their Kenny's married now. So like, there's no reason for him to still be mad. And it's in the past, and it's time to grow up. And I think mm-hmm. I feel like they both have. They kind of realized last year after what happened that was dumb. Yeah, because that messed up. Uh, it, it really Kenny, ended, it sure. ended Kenny's season, and I don't yeah. think it helped Cooper's any because his no. wasn't going very good anyway. No. So yeah, we're we're gonna find out. Uh, and then Marvin, man, Marvin's been fast. You know, he's had his moments. I think his time's coming. But let's talk about that. Let's get JT Cooley on the phone here in a second. Talk about that some more. Um, and just so everybody knows. Uh, Dane Evans with Amsoil, Mad Jack Synthetics, is going to be doing a really cool giveaway in the next couple weeks. Um, so, yeah, everybody keep listening. We're going to throw that in somewhere in the next few weeks. Uh, if you guys want some a really, really awesome sponsorship deal from Amsoil, keep listening. We'll tell you how. All right, we'll be right back with JT Cooley. All right, on the line with us is uh, JT Cooley. What's up, JT? What's up, guys? Uh, just sitting in studio with Muscle Mark, talking a little bit about Arlington. Yeah. So you were there, and I never got a chance to even run into you. Uh, how was your weekend? How did you enjoy it? Oh, it was good. We hung out, and well, I don't know, probably about ten of us. We went and watched, and it was it was fun. The ending was shock was shocking. Yeah. But- well, what do you take away from the weekend? Um, obviously, the big news is the Cooper-Kenny um, story. Forkner went in two in a row. Um, you know, kind of the negativity of Zach not finishing the main. But, like, what what were some highlights for you other than the, the main stories? Oh, uh, I moved up about 100 spots in fantasy. <laughs> yeah, you kicked ass again, <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Man, I, don't, I mean, overall, I mean, it was it was a good weekend for racing. Um, kind of bummed on the Bowers Barsha deal, but yeah, that, yeah, that's another big story. Yeah, it's just kind of a, one of those deals. Are, where, you, are you bummed that it happened, or are you bummed at the uh, the outcome of it? The outcome of it, because <laughs> the person that or Barsha does it all the time to everybody, and, and he does nothing ever happens. I don't, maybe I'm just too big of a Bowers fan, but I mean, I watched Barsha clean out Hill in the main and. No, nope, it was fine. I don't think nothing, I don't I don't nothing. I don't think you're uh, being biased at all. I think that's a general consensus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, I mean, what, um, what's his uh, Oldenburg just straight clean Martin in the same corner, and well, that's fine too. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest issue of the week of that whole situation. I think is the inconsistency of the AMA. And listen to Bowers talk about how mad John Gallagher was at him personally. That didn't sound that that sounded like there was a personal vendetta you know and of course i don't know those guys personally but it, that's just the way it sounded correct um, i'm with you on that it sounds more of a personal issue than who it happened to issue. yeah yeah i didn't realize that he was uh gallagher was that pissed but if there's that much of a, a lack of objectivity you know then yeah apparently he had to be asked to leave the meeting afterwards where they were all talking with the ama they had to make him leave because he was yelling so much oh, gallagher gallagher yeah oh wow whoever yeah, his yeah. boss his boss had to make him leave. That's not good for him. No, that definitely doesn't look good on the officials for sure. Yeah, this is uh, – I mean, you can't – this is – you got to be more professional than that, especially when you're in a an official position as he is. And, 
I mean, what are you personally mad about? Just because, I mean, I feel like they have a little bit of a vendetta for Bowers just for, you know, things that have happened. Standing up. Yeah, for standing up to him. And he's not, you know, he's not going to lay down. He's not a punk. And I hate that that he's going to have to get this. Somebody was going to have to take that, though. Somebody's going to fall on the sword, and it looks like that's who it's going to be, though. Well, um, how about 250s, man? Um, What do you take away from anything you see there that that just kind of stood out? Um. You know, I'm honestly surprised with how well Fortner looks during the night show. He definitely does not look very good during practice. Looks yeah. like he's going to kill himself. Yeah. Uh, I watched him fall off the track and sparks go flying. Yeah, oh, I and- saw that. He got all kinds of cattywampus, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He got lucky. Uh, he almost landed on uh, Jordan Smith. Jordan Smith, yeah. Right, right, right in front of us. But that was um, Jordan's fault. I, yeah, Jordan messed up and Alex – I mean, not Alex, I'm sorry. Um, Austin. Fortner never checked up and just kept, you know, just went for it, which is, you know, whatever. Hey, he just sends yeah. it, dude. He just sends it. Yeah. And that's fine. It, it'll, I mean, it's bit him in the, the past couple of years, and maybe it won't this year, but. I love that kid, but you know who I'm really impressed with and who's who's the future is that Justin Cooper. That kid's the truth, dude. He's for real. Yeah. He is He is very quick. Yeah. It's going to be good, man. I really can't wait for the uh, the showdown. The first showdown is going to be yeah, really, Atlanta really interesting. Uh, trying to make it where I can go. I just don't know if it's going to happen because we're going to Daytona the week after. And Is that Atlanta? So, yeah, it's Atlanta, and then Daytona is the week after. Yeah. So probably not going to make Atlanta. I'd like to, but yeah. it won't happen. My uncle just texted me. He lives in Alabama, and I uh, haven't seen him in years. He just texted me last night. It's the first time I've talked to him in a couple of years, and apparently his son's gotten into moto. And he's like, "Hey, come to Atlanta with us." <laughs> yeah, if you you want to fork the bill, because yeah, I'm a little tight yeah. right now. But I, I I would love to go to Atlanta. And then you guys are trying to get me to go to Daytona, so I don't know. Yeah, Daytona's one is an awesome Supercross. That's one of the ones I is up there with Vegas, in my opinion. Really, I'm going to I've always to wanted to go to that one. I've never gotten a chance to make it. Uh, yeah, we went last year. Uh, first time I've ever gone, and man, it was a it was an awesome experience. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can make something happen. I'll, I'll see what I can do, but it's coming up really, really soon. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Three weeks away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, so have you? Mark was asking a little bit ago. Have you gotten another bike yet yourself? Uh, no. Uh, in the this weekend or next week, I'm um, headed to California right now for some work stuff, and yeah. then I'm gonna. I had made up my mind either on a Husky 350 or a 450, and somewhere in between one of those two. I highly uh, suggest you go listen to Kiefer's podcast about the 350. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that this evening. Listen to it last night. If I ever buy another four-stroke, which is not looking good right now, that's what I'm going to get. <laughs> yeah. I rode TJ's at Buffalo for about three laps. Uh, his was a 15 KTM, which is you know, pretty close to the same bike. But, man, it was. I, mean, I, I enjoyed it a lot. But yeah, well, cool. Hey, J- JT, we gotta let you go. We got Blake Baggett coming cool. up here in just a minute, so I just want to touch base with you. And uh, yes, sir, we'll talk to you soon, man. Yep, see y'all guys later. Later, JT. All right, see ya. All right. All right, before we go to our our first break, I just want to bring up Amsoil. Uh, best, it's one of the best oils on the planet. Uh, you know, they were a longtime supporter of Supercross. Um, they'll be back big and strong in, in some in, some series soon. Um, and don't forget they have chain lube and I've been using their chain lube for quite a while. It's amazing. Hit me up if you need any info or hit up, uh, Dane Evans at Mad Jack Synthetics and get you, he'll get you lined out. Uh, but anyway, so we'll take a break. Be right back. 
Right, on the line, our first guest of the night, brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing is the title sponsor of Supercross, and they support riders like Weston Pike, the men on the line, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, and the beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. So choose Fly Racing for your gear of choice. Go to flyracing.com. Like I said, on the, the phone with us is Rocky Mountain K- ATV MC KTM's number four, Blake Baggett. What's up, bud? Not much, not much. Just another another night. Yeah, so um, yeah, I talked to you briefly uh, Saturday night when you guys were on your way out, and you were still pretty sore from uh, the crash at Mini. How are you feeling right now today? Uh, I mean, this uh, is the first time I've rode since uh, since the weekend, so um, just really only the second time that I've rode since uh, since, since Minneapolis. So just uh, take, it, take it slowly and uh, kind of get back in the swing of things. Yeah, does that really mess with your head a little bit when you don't when you're kind of off your day to day program like that? I don't know. It's just one of those things where you you hit the ground so hard that uh, that you just you need some time off the bike to just uh, recuperate and sure. get things going again. Yeah, I can I can only imagine that crash was scary. Like that would just mess with my head. Not not only you know mentally, but then you got the physical issues and at the elite level like you're at. But hey, man, so far uh, you know. You're you're doing. I think you're having a pretty good season. I, you, you've got a, a win. Um, I know you're not where you want to be, but fourth in Arlington. I believe you're seventh overall. Um, you know, are you content right now? I mean, I mean, like I shouldn't say content. Are you unhappy with your results so far? Eh, no, they've just been kind of home. So just try to. Uh, I mean, it's only halfway, you know. So we got a, a long way to go. And- yeah. Any, anything can happen, so there's uh, just kind of stay in it. You know, you don't know if any, everybody's going to show up the next weekend, so <laughs> you just uh, you just stay in it, and uh, hopefully at the end it comes down to uh, a mono mono race, you know, for uh, for a title. But kind of right now, it's just uh, the ideally would just be to get back towards uh, get back on the podium and then uh, try to uh, try to get another race win. So. Um, things got a little derailed from, from Minneapolis, but just, uh, this weekend would be nice to try and get a podium. Of course, it's a uh, triple crown format, so it can, uh, it can go all, you know, against you or for you. You just kind of never know. So yeah, that's, uh, one of those things where it's, uh, we'll see, we'll see where our cards lay us, but just, uh, good to get back riding again and, uh, kind of get, uh, get in the swing of things. And yeah, I mean, this weekend was good for, for what uh, what the outcome was, I didn't ride all week, so went Saturday to Saturday without riding and just uh, giving my best shot. And uh, I was a, a little shy of the podium, so just going to uh, <laughs> yeah, just gonna keep keep plugging away at it. And you uh, you, you really never know what's going to happen, so you just take day by day yeah. and whatever happens happens. Yeah, everybody's so close and so talented, and yeah, just the slightest little thing can throw your whole program off but yeah go ahead mark uh, but i'm curious blake when you have a get off like that and it you know obviously it's gonna it's gonna hurt and make you sore and things if, by not riding what else do you do uh to recover from something like that do you just rest do you go to do you just train do you get massages what what, what what do you do to recover uh i mean you just you're just pretty much rest i'm sure everybody has their their little you know, um, go to things of of what they think is going to help them heal or or feel better quicker, and that's just up to uh, up to each guy. You know, so it just uh, 
I, I just hung out and uh, and you know tried to tried to move the least amount. It uh, you know just the only thing that the best thing is just time. So yeah, uh, I gave it a week and, and just kind of showed up and raced. So and uh, you know luckily you got three practices, so you can kind of get things going a little bit during the day and uh, and then once it's go time, it's go time. So yeah. Um, and in the long run of things, I don't think a lot of guys, you know, when you have a big crash, nobody wants to show up the next weekend. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're paid to. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, do you go home after a race and re-watch the race and kind of, like, take a look at what the other guys are doing? I mean, I know you watch tape during the day, but do you re-watch the race and, at home and try to pick up on anything or learn anything? I mean, sometimes. I mean, we'll watch it, but I don't, I don't necessarily – study on it because each each situation is going to be different so it's not like uh you know it's not like you can kind of basically oh this guy's going to do that or he's going to go inside you know it depends on the track and mind and it you know everything else so it's kind of one of those sports where it's uh everything's made off of a split second decision yeah there's no you know you got to just your split second decision has everything to do with it Sometimes you make the right one. Sometimes you make the wrong one. Well, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And we see that every week. And yeah, like I said, the 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 finishes are just there. There's little differences, like I said, you said, you know, little mistakes or little wrong decisions that influence every outcome. Um, talk about your team a little bit. How have they improved? You know, with you've been with them for a couple of years now. And how has the team improved? You've got Austin wrenching for you now. Um, and what does that team mean to you? Yeah, I mean, we're you know we're pretty much the same as when when I started with them, just a small a small team. You know, we just have uh, you know it's team owner for sponsors, pretty just you know a one man band there, and mm-hmm. then just uh, we have the, we have big title sponsors. But other than that, we're still just small. We we you know have uh, you know a tenth of the staff of most you know factory teams or most teams that are you know. Um, battling at the front in the 450 class so we have you know not that many staff members probably only six six people total with you know truck drivers and everything included so we just uh we use our resources to the best of our abilities and and uh try to beat the guys with, with big budgets <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the goal yeah well um, it- and and, and you guys seem to you're doing a good job. I mean, you're you're one of the elite riders for sure. Um, I think Benny would have had a really good season. I felt like he was coming on strong from what I heard, uh, you know. And Bogle man shows those moments of brilliance, great starts, and he's raised himself back into shape. It seems like I mean, it's a yeah. You guys are one of the elite teams in my eyes for sure. Absolutely. So um, yeah, you can, uh, oh, go, you can go from here to zero in, in a matter of. <laughs> Matter of no time, so yeah, you can go both ways. You can go uphill and and downhill. So it just depends, you know. Um, it it depends on you know the day. So it uh, you know we got the we got the big guys behind us. So Rocky Mountain Fly KTM um, are you know the big guys. So with that being uh, being our our main go to resources, um, it kind of. Even though we're, we're small, it takes us um, into the playing field with the big guys. Definitely. Blake, I, I'm curious. Uh, the, the KTM seem to really excel and, and have been getting just 
more and more race wins, titles, and just like it seems like everybody on a KTM is just the level is elevated. Do you, do you think there's a reason for that or no? I I guess the bikes are good. <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> hard to argue against that one. Right. Yeah. Um, right. That's uh, that's what everybody wants to ride nowadays. So. Uh, they're definitely doing something right. Well, they made me a believer. I used to be like anti KTM, and now I'm like, man, those things. I think those are the ones to have now. You yeah. Know? Yeah, that's kind of. I think that's uh, that's the whole moto industry has changed. Oh yeah, for sure. And between that and the, the sister company with Husky, you know, Jason Anderson won a championship last year. It's it's yeah, it's impossible to argue it. You know, I I'm uh, personally I've been a Honda guy since the '90s, but you really cannot argue with the success of the team. Or the, or the brand. So, yeah, yeah, um, you you are insanely fast in the whoops. Um, is that you think in your mind? Is that technique? Is that just commitment? Uh, a little bit of both. You know, having bigger balls than some of the other guys. What do you think it is? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just no idea. Just uh, just something you're good at. I'm not, I guess just faster than them. Right. <laughs> bottom line. Yeah. Somehow, some way, just making you know, just um, doing the obstacle faster. And uh, I don't know. It probably has. A, there's probably a million things that go to it. Sure. But, uh, just basically, that uh, that's a strong point that I got right now. Right on. Um, so. At, at on race day on Saturday, there's a million things going on. Uh, you've got to get ready for qualifying. You've got uh, probably sponsor obligations. You have signings, um, track walk, all these different things. It's extremely busy day. Is there one part of the day that you look forward to besides the racing? Before besides that, like, do you enjoy the signings and meeting the fans and uh, or you know, or is there something else that you just kind of like? Man, this is really an enjoyable part of the day. Yeah, I mean it. Uh... It, each weekend has a high and low point to it. You know, if, if you're struggling, then, um, you know, of course, you know, you know it, it kind of it's one of those things where you would much rather be, you know, looking over video and, and yeah. stuff like that than, uh, than out there, you know, um, wheeling and dealing with people. So, you know, sometimes you're like, you know, you get, you get kind of put in that predicament where you're like, man, I'm struggling and, um, Basically, you're paid for results. So uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta put the results before the people, and then other times when things are rolling, you're like, yeah, I don't even need to watch video. I'll just go, <laughs> you know, go out and, and mingle with the people. So sure, it uh, it just depends on the reason, you know. Um, kind of each one has their their high and low to it, and sometimes you know you gotta go. Okay, I I need results tonight. I need to buckle down and, and figure something out. And other times you uh, you're like, all right, I got it figured out. I can just uh, kind of let my mind wander a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just always wonder because when I'm sitting there, I, you know, walking around, and it's I, I hate bothering you guys on Saturdays. But I'm trying to still you want to get content, and you see all the fans. I'm like, man, there's just so much going on. The day goes so fast, and you're pulled in a million different directions. And I, I imagine for the you as a rider, it's ten times wor- more uh, stressful than it is for me. So. Um, but Hey, there's been a lot of stuff going on lately with, uh, you know, especially since the, the Lime gate, as they want to call it, Bowers has gotten involved and trying to, you know, get some things going where the writers have a little bit more of a voice, uh, whether it be like with what happened Saturday night and Bowers getting disqualified and there's so much inconsistency with what's going on. And so many, uh, people that seem to think they're in charge, um, 
what are your thoughts on the whole situation? You know, whether it be AMA, Feld, FIM, you know, I mean, do you think you guys need to get together as riders to have not necessarily a union, but a voice? Yeah, it'll never happen, though, just because, uh, you know, it's, it's like uh, people have, you know, some people you wonder why they still have the job and, you know, mm-hmm. it's just job security. You basically wonder what they actually do. But they they collect a paycheck and it seems like they're not doing anything. Right. That's uh that's kind of what you know what what's going on and you the riders are never going to have a say so and you know we're we're not the ones that are uh, that are ever going to be in charge. But they definitely need to switch things up because the the people that are in charge a have never um, rode a motorcycle. B if they have rode a motorcycle they never rode one at a professional level. And see if they have rode one and raced one at a professional level, um, they have nothing to do with the sport because they're not going to take a job. Yeah, that is just going to be uh, you know a general job. Um, you know, you're not going to have some guy. You're not going to have Villaporto or or McGrath or Wyndham or Carmichael be a flagger out there or <laughs> you know work for work for the AMA. Right. That's the bottom line, you're not going to have it. Um, so you're, you're never going to fix the issue of having a guy that, um, knows nothing basically and, and is, you know, calling the shots. Yeah. Um, that's the problem. That's the problem. And we, everybody's been talking about it, but until things really change and, and they get somebody in there that is, uh, on the, on the understanding and been in the inner circle and it doesn't count as you grew up around race tracks and, you know, road rode a motorcycle and you got to get somebody that a knows how to run a business, you know, B knows how to run a business with multiple, you know, employees, hundreds of employees and has raced at the pro level, been in every situation on the, you know, the receiving end and, and the giving end. And, um, and you got to have somebody like that in there. And until that happens, it's just going to be, uh, well, and the circus owns the, owns the series, so right. it's yeah, yeah, it's going to continue yeah, to be as yeah, such. That's, uh, that's, I, I feel like there should, you know, we would there there has to be some former riders out there that maybe not the Villapoto levels or the Blake Baggett levels or things like that, but guys that race Supercross, Motocross that that don't have, you know, that are not just retired and enjoying or being brand ambassadors that could really step up and help. Yeah, I think that's what Bowers is trying to do. Yeah, uh, you know, and hope- yeah, but even if. Even if they step up, you're never going to put the guy out that uh, they have a job that's not really doing his job, but he's there. He's job security. There's never going to be anybody squeaking him out of his position. That's the problem. So we need to have people that, that were there that were willing to get to the position. Um, the upper guys are never going to go, okay, this person's out. This person's out. We're putting these guys in and going to see how the series runs. Series right. is too big, makes too much makes too much money. They're not gonna change anything. They're getting they're getting their check and they're going home to their family at the end of the weekend and that that's all they care about. Well we there I think that's a that's not just a moto thing. I deal with that where I'm at. The guys that are in charge of me <laughs> don't know half of what us guys in the field know and the guys in the field aren't gonna take the pay cut to go to the office to help run things smoothly. So it it's a it's a lose lose situation, you know. Yeah, that's that's why the, that's how the world goes around. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> things, absolutely. Yeah, things, things don't run, things don't run smoothly, and everybody, you know, everybody's got their opinion, and that's why uh, everybody goes, you know, around in a circle. If everybody 
got along and everything was uh, was organized and um, went how it how it should be, then it would be different. But I, I've definitely I've I've voiced my opinion, you know, and and gave them some ideas on how to. Uh, there needs to be uh, a strict set of rules, and it needs to be enforced. Every single thing needs to be written down in a book. Mm-hmm. As every violation needs to have, you know, the you do the crime, you do the time. So consistency. Um, every every everything needs to be written down. It needs to be under no no. Well, you know, he's going to get a this guy's going to get DQ'd, or that guy's going to get a five hundred dollar fine, or that guy's going to get he you know he's on probation or whatever, which basically means nothing. Um, he just got talked to, you know. Um, that's all, that's all somebody's making that call, which needs to stop. It needs to just be, this is, this is what you did. Okay. We'll go to page two. We'll scroll down. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, we read across. All right. Here's what your penalty is done. Absolutely. No questions. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, I got, I got docked this weekend in the heat race for, they said an official said that I jumped on the red cross flag, passed Chad Reed on the red cross. So, um, after they reviewed the tape, uh, I didn't get docked anymore, but they docked me three spots in the heat race, and then I never found out what official actually seen it. But um, <laughs> as the protocol, three officials are supposed to make a uh, general decision and yeah. review it. It's supposed to go to review and then make a decision, but that's not how things ran. Yeah, it was probably a, fl- um, it was probably a flagger that saw it, and they're like, oh, okay. One, yeah, well, flagger official, you know, they got to use big words to make themselves feel good. So they, uh, <laughs> They, they said an official, they used the word official, you know, seen me pass him, and then um, they automatically just docked me. So it didn't go to review like they say the policy is, or, or their uh, their way of doing it says that it goes to review with three people. That's not how it went. That's how it went after we fought them with video, but um, bottom line is they didn't follow their own policy. Yeah, inconsistency. That uh, that's what we're, we're. It's they're consistently inconsistent, and we're used to it. And yeah, yeah. The light bike in the same turn that Bowers and Barsha got together, the uh, the light bike main event. Somebody got together with uh, Alex Martin Oldenburg, and yeah, and it was even. I thought that was even a harder contact, and nothing. Yeah. So that's where maybe the person that's making the uh, the calls. Is not the right person. Yeah, well, Tyler, Tyler, you know, on pulp last night said, like, yeah, I was probably too aggressive. He's not even mad that he's not saying I didn't do anything wrong. He's saying I got disqualified and Oldenburg didn't even get talked to. Basically, this, you know, pick a pick a just what you're saying. Pick a punishment and stick to it. And yeah, I mean, that's you know, it's no different with the WADA. Um, with it's just so inconsistent. Like Brock doesn't know what's going on. He's supposedly going to have an answer this week. Um, Cade Clayson, you know, is basically his his American career, U.S. career is over. Um, you know, and then I think you know James kind of, Stewart kind of had some issues with that too. You know, it's just it's so inconsistent. There's no communication. Um, it's just it sucks because we're supposed to be one of the elite sports. And it's not run that way sometimes. It all boils down to somebody not doing their damn job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess we need to go to, uh, you know, United States. We get to pick our president. So maybe we should pick the guys that are uh, doing the ruling on our sport, the guys that are making the calls. I so agree. maybe the, uh, the riders, just like the people that live in, you know, in the United States. Yeah. 
everybody here gets to pick uh, their, you know, gets to vote, and the winner, you know, is is the president. Maybe we should do the same thing with the uh, the supercross, whoever's in charge of calling the shots, and whoever's in charge yeah. of you know making the decisions on who's who's getting penalties and not. But uh, it's a good idea. And again, that's when that's when you got uh, somebody that's job security that's yeah. not doing much of anything. Everything you're saying makes way too much sense, Blake. You know it's not going to happen then. <laughs> if it makes sense, we can't uh, be doing all that. <laughs> Trust me, I sat down with him after the race with the officials, and yeah. I told them exactly what I thought, and uh, and basically said that uh, you know they're they're running it like a third world country. <laughs> is basically what they're doing. Uh, so, I love it, man. I love it, dude. Yeah, I, I love that you speak your mind, man. It's awesome. Um, so, hey, I'm going to change subjects real quick. Last last question for me. Uh, you've got one of the most badass, beautiful facilities for training I've ever seen. How often do you change your track, and do you change it, change certain things for to work on specific techniques um, You know, on a regular basis? Yeah, I mean, I... Uh... I change things um, quite often. We change some stuff this week, uh, a rhythm lane and stuff like that. But uh, you know, sometimes I have other people do it, and sometimes I just uh, just do it myself and, and change things. So I got uh, I got all the equipment, but I guess I could be better at uh, putting stuff on on the social media and stuff like that, letting people know what I'm doing. But uh, nowadays, <laughs> everybody's on social media, so I kind of uh, like to just have my own time to myself sure. to be able to do my own things and not have 10 million people, you know, tell you what you should be doing. Cause they're, uh, they're a computer warrior. Yeah. They're, they're going to tell you what you're doing wrong. Of That's course. what they're going to tell you. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another thing yeah. too is, I mean, if you're if you're running your own facility, that's not a part time job. So maybe you don't have enough, to, maybe you just don't have time to put it out there and nobody can fault you for that. That's a lot of work. Uh, I just don't put it out there. Cause yeah. I don't want to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Blake, man, I know you're busy. Um, you're still recovering. Man, heal up. Let's get get you back on the podium this weekend. Um, unfortunately, we won't be at this round, but I'll definitely be watching on TV, pulling for you, man, as always. Yeah, will do. And uh, I'm sure we'll we'll have the same talk down the road, but nothing changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we look yeah. forward to it either way, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something else next time. We'll, we'll, there'll be some new drama, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Just give it another weekend. There's always something. Absolutely. Blake, take care, man. Thank you. Tell Keeley we said hi, and we always appreciate you being so friendly to us. No worries. Take care. Take All care, right, Blake. See you, bud. Blake Baggett. I like um, that dude, man. Yeah, he's he always cool. – look, man, he speaks his mind, and whether you agree with him or not, he's got a personality. You know, he's mm-hmm. not just a cookie cutter here. Take my sponsors, and I'm out of here. You know, he, he, he says – he says things that are on his mind, and sometimes they rub people the wrong way, but that's that's life, man. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. I like it. Um, anything else right now before we go to break? Are you Shoot, good? I think I'm good. I think Blake all said right. it all, didn't he? We're going to take our commercial break, and we will be back with Chris Cooksey. This is Tony Berluti. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. I wear fly wear fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, 
and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try 
Osport Dynamic Wrist Braces, go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. We are back, and our, our next guest is brought to you by MX Girl Designs. If you're looking to make your modern bike pop or freshen up your vintage bike, Charlene at MX Girl Designs can fix you up. Char does fantastic custom work at a great price. Contact Char at mxgirl.com for info. She just hooked us up with our new banner, which you guys will see on the YouTube stream next week when TJ's back. But on the line with us, Mr. Chris Cooksey uh, with Vital MX, WPS, and probably numerous other projects, I would assume. Chris, what's up, buddy? Nada. What's happening? How you doing? Good seeing you this weekend, dude. Yeah, man. I didn't know you were going to be there. I, I, you come up behind me and scared me. I was like, oh, shit, there's Cooksey. I mean, you <laughs> never know what's going to come out of Cooksey's mouth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're, you're pretty aggressive in those press conferences, too, dude. You're not scared. No, dude. That question you asked Marvin, I was nervous for you. I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to leave the room. Shut up. It, dude, Marvin handled it like a champ. It he was did. Good, but tell me... Tell me you didn't want to know what he was thinking, because, dude, that's got to be tough. What, oh, what question was this? Don't know. Yeah, tell, tell Mark I what asked, you asked. I asked. I asked Marvin, like, listen, I didn't say Dungey, but I said, Jason was, you know, you're training with Jason last year, and he's winning, and now you're training with Cooper, and he's winning. How do you not get frustrated? Or how, you know, how do you not let it get to you? And I, right. I think that's a perfect question. But, yeah, here's what I heard. So your teammate from last year won the championship. He's awesome. Your new teammate who sucked the last two years now is awesome. But you still suck, Marvin. What's up? <laughs> that's oh, that's well, not exactly I was, I was, what I heard, but that's what I was like, ooh. That's not what I said, though. I, I know. Back, yeah, I've been listening to it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, I've gotten a little bit better um, at, at saying the, the harder ones and not causing you know the complete stir yeah um, but i mean that's just that's what i want to know you know so i just like okay and i wasn't sure if i was like do i ask it do i not especially with the new vital gig i'm trying to be a little more pc because i mean man a lot of a lot more people a lot more eyes are on vital than were than were on my previous one yeah so, well i think you just I, asked what I, everybody else was thinking bud yeah i hope so <laughs> <laughs> no it, it was Marvin, Marvin, it, Okay, Marvin's Marvin's a champion. That's what I like about Marvin, Eli. Dude, you can really ask those guys some hard questions, and they just take it. Like that's. I think Marvin was just glad he got to talk because it was kind of all about the Cooper and Ken show there. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I didn't ask Marvin any questions really. So, yeah, and you know, it's so weird, man. What do you think about there being there was what four of us asking questions? That's it. Yeah, there was a lot of people in the room though. Five, I guess. There was me, you, Weege. Guy B and the stat guy. That, but that's not very many, man. I, I I feel like, I mean, Mathis went out in the pits and got you know the pit stuff. But man, it's just there weren't a lot of people in there. But I do like the new format, though. Yeah. Well, dude, there was there was a lot of people in the room. But yes. There was only a few guys asking questions. But I don't. What I don't understand is these privateers that make the main event. They're all invited to that. Why are they not there? Like. 
I mean, not only is media there, but you also have every team manager. If you're in that, if, if I'm in the main event, I'm at every press conference that they allow me to. Yeah. And they're invited. I mean, Sean wants them up there. And how, how do, do you know how the privateers, like, like, okay, so my buddy Aaron Smith from Dallas, who uh, does helmet painting and stuff with BSM Paintworks, he was, he raced, he's a, he's a vet. Supercross rider, you know, uh, he was there. But I mean, how does a guy like him even find out he could go to the press conference? Because I don't know that he knew that. Um, well, I guess they listen to your show, so they know <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just mean. Does, uh, does honestly, Feld let I them know? know? I thought they did. I assume they did. Um, but then again, I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, I yeah. have. And it's funny. I, I met your guy. He's cool. Yeah, Black Sock Mafia. Yep, that's him, man. He's the one that painted my Vader helmet, my Arai. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but yeah, he's. I've got an Arai that's got those 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 poor sea guys. Did you see what the track looked like when they hit it? Oh, yeah, it was death, death. <laughs> what do you think about the new dirt? Did you get Did you get down on the floor and get a look at it? I don't think it's new, is it? It's brand new. Yeah, brand new dirt uh, this year. Yeah. I don't know. No, okay. Now, did they have new dirt? Was that a plan, or is this something that they did just because of the line? No, I, that I didn't ask. I just when I walked down on press day, it was clearly different. It looked different. It didn't have all the rocks in it. It was. I thought it was more red, and everybody was talking about it. So I walked out to the middle of the track and asked Sean. I said, "Hey, is this new dirt?" And he said, "Yes, I can confirm that it is new dirt." So I don't know what the reasoning was, other than typically it turned into concrete, and this dirt did not do that. No, and I did not. I mean, I don't think you could find a rock if you looked. No, it was no. it was sandy. It looked like it was going to be real loamy. It was tacky on press day. It's almost like they got spongy. it from East Texas where we lived. Yeah, that's what I said. It looked like stuff we race on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I was you on the dirt. Because, I mean, you can look at dirt and you can kick it. But until you're right, I mean, you really don't know how it's going to come in. Like, I can tell you, it's funny. I see all the riders when they come to Vegas. And people water it, and they're like, "Why is it so slick?" I'm like, "I don't know, but it's like ice." And they hit it thinking it's going to be like your guys' dirt, where it has grip. Yeah. And you know, you, you just have to have that hometown knowledge of the dirt. That's why I was kind of leaning on you. It looked awesome, and the racing was good, and the track crew, dude, those guys. I know they screwed up San Diego, but are, are they not miracle workers? Because that thing was junk after the second time qualifying session. Yep. And I thought for sure the racing was going to be horrible. I'm like, how are? There's no way this thing's going to hold up. Those ruts were so deep. Scary. Yeah. Yeah, and it, which I thought was awesome that we had all those ruts because typically in Dallas we don't have that. But yeah, Cooper made a point of saying how like he came out for the the race, the heat race, and the track was a lot different. The whoops were completely different than they'd been all day. Which, you know, he was sort of making it like, hey, I would like to have a heads up, but it confirms what you're saying is they did fix the track. Yeah, they they do a great job. Well, and to me, it didn't – normally they build the jumps back up. Mm-hmm. It looked like they were literally just packing it down. Right, and, yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those I'm, – I'm a nerd that just watches them fix the track. <laughs> I, I, that stuff actually really interests me, and I always get frustrated when they make different changes or, you know, those, those are things that I pay attention to. Hey, what was, what was your guys' take – on the Tyler Bowers versus uh, Justin Barsha. Go ahead. I think you get what you receive. I mean, I think I get, you get you receive what you put out. And I thought the penalty was a little extreme. If they're not ever going to get Barsha for his stuff, why are you going to do that to Bowers when he's just doing the same thing back to Justin that Justin does to him and everybody else? Yeah. yeah. Did you guys hear last night on Pulp when Green Grove called in and talked to Bowers? Yeah. Yeah. I was. I I just kind of got past that point a little while ago listening. 
Dude, I am 100% on Gringo's side. He basically, he called in and told, you know, told Bowers, listen, I get it. I understand you wanted to blast him. He probably had it coming, but you need to accept the punishment because you did the crime. Right. And I, I feel the same way. And we all know John Gallagher, and he's not shy. I mean, I've had extensive conversations with him about what he punishes, what he doesn't punish, and, and his attitude on it. And you know damn well if you do it as a retaliation, and nobody that nobody that watches Supercross doesn't think that wasn't a retaliation. I mean, he damn near ghosted his bike into him. If you watch that, and, and it's funny too because he tries to compare it to the Mitchell Oldenburg incident. Well, Mitchell Oldenburg landed in the turn almost. Yeah. You know, I don't think, and Mitchell didn't crash. Mitchell was still trying to make the turn. Yeah. And he just happened to impact Alex Martin pretty hard, where. Bowers was on the ground, and there's zero attempt. And if you look at where they're on the berm, the Oldenburg impact is about two feet further down than where the Bowers incident is. They're subtle, but it's big. I mean, trust me, Tyler knows he did it. He well, absolutely yeah, he, does. He, Bowers knows he did it. He, he didn't shy away from that either. I mean, he, he, he manned up and said, you know, he didn't say, yes, I tried to take him out. But he's like, yes, I know I, I, was, I was in the wrong. He, he admitted that. I, you know, and I think he ha- somewhat has a legitimate argument of just the the AMA and the rules not being very consistent. Somewhere there's got to be some black and white. But but it is actually kind of consistent. This was payback. They were they punish payback. But can, okay, I mean, here's Gallagher, the thing Gallagher though: had, had that conversation with him. How how do you prove it's payback? That's though? exactly what I was about to say. You don't in a court of law. This is not a court of law. This is a racing situation. And, God, I hate this. Listen, I'm one of the hardest guys on John Gallagher. I like the guy. He's, he's cool. Mm-hmm. But he makes he does make some dumb calls. But I'm, I'm sorry. That for the way I've seen him talk to the riders and the way he explained it to me is if it's a racing situation, like in the LCQ, if you're trying to go forward and you clean a guy out, man, you might get a warning. And if you get a couple of warnings, then you'll get something. But if it's a racing situation and you're moving forward, then he probably won't do anything. If you, it's frontier justice and you're literally sacrificing both of you, which Tyler did, he absolutely will do something. And then if he sees that the guy's fired up afterward, which Tyler said he wasn't, clearly we saw otherwise in the tunnel, he's yelling with Jimmy Perry. I mean, trust me, dude, you, you guys can't deny that that was actually a pretty heated conversation. Then he says he sits the guy down because he doesn't know what he's going to do. And I, I actually don't disagree with that. My thing, As a guy who takes people out and always sides with them. My right, thing yeah. was, and we were talking to, I guess, talking to Blake Baggett about it, is is how things went down in in the uh, the sit down afterwards. And I mean, Gallagher had to be asked to leave the room because he was yelling at Tyler Bowers. It, to me, there just seems like there's some type of personal thing involved i don't know how to what degree and and i know tyler you know just from recent things that's going on with tyler he's been pretty outspoken uh to me man i i feel like there's a little bit that was a little more personal than just a just an objective ruling and he's kind of known for that yeah and, and that is that is one thing that he's known for is losing his temperature temper and as as a referee or an official you cannot lose your temper right you are no matter what happens, you cannot let emotion enter. He does do that, and I've seen him. I've seen him go after Josh Hansen for virtually nothing and literally just lose his mind. I, yeah, I, I honestly, it's bad. He does do some stupid stuff. I wasn't in the room, so I don't know exactly. 
I, I only heard, did you guys hear the official or Gallagher or anyone say anything? Because I've only heard Bowers' side of that. that. That's the only side I've heard. That's the only side. Of, well, I mean, from what I, from, and I know nothing about this, but from what we were just told, that whoever, whoever Gallagher's boss was is the one that told him to leave. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, Gallagher doesn't really have a boss. Who, who, then what official who was, was the other guy in the room that Bowers was talking the other, about? The other official, the other official is actually his the guy underneath him. Oh, they okay. Both, well, then they, yeah, supposed that, to both bounce off of. Well, there's and some misinformation then. And, he, and it might have been like, hey, and, I, and I'm like, this is speculation because I clearly don't know. I wasn't in the room. Have you ever been in a room where two people are and one of them starts to get a little heated and say, hey, just step back. We'll just talk here for a second. And yeah, all yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But needless to say, even if. That's that's an embarrassment if somebody did get heated in one of those situations. Or then again, we don't know if Bowers called his mom a name. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, sure. Even still, like, like I said, your yeah. speculation. I, I would like to see a little bit more information. But yeah, going off what I know, the dude does fly off the handle, and and he's probably not. His mentality is not what I'd like for a referee. Well, you've got to be objective. You've got to be, you know, there, there needs to be, it needs to be black and white. This is what you did. This is why we're doing what we're doing. But again, it, it treat everybody the same. It's not like Bar, Barsha is known for hitting people. So, like in the same instance where retaliation is a bad thing, if you've already got a guy that's a loose cannon like he can be, sometimes maybe you need to do something to him about that too well, to, to, to get it to stop. Gringo's point that Cookie it was close to what you're saying yeah. is. Gringo said, listen, Tyler, I, you know, I like you. I like rough racing. He said, but you basically have a history of this. Barsha has a history of this. And it sets a precedence. Basically, people see you a certain way. Yeah, yeah. And, and Gringo, oh, is, yeah. Gringo is on yeah, point. Um, like, Gringo is definitely on point. Yeah, like my I opinion, I haven't really agree. voiced my opinion. Like, look, I like Tyler. I like Justin. Um, I don't know them super well, but, you know, I've talked to them, but – I don't love that kind of racing. Like I like, I don't mind bar banging. I do not like the T-bone city stuff. I just, it's just not my thing, you know? So I was disappointed when, you know, Justin did it to Tyler. I'm disappointed that Tyler did it to Justin, whatever the reasoning is, but I do want to see fair punishment and consistent punishment. And you know what you're saying about retaliation. I think that's, Fair if they can prove that there was retaliation, but I would I I think that's hard to do. I still think you have. I'm with Jamie on this. I still think you have to 100% prove that that's what happened because they're talking about something that happened last year. And like, who even thinks? Do you think Tyler let it go that long? Wouldn't he have had an opportunity to get in before now? Uh, <laughs> it's hard to say, dude. I, as as somebody who rode like that in my day. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, my dad, I hate to say this, my dad and I would talk about this. A guy, a guy would do something to me, and my dad would be like, okay, we're going we're gonna to sit on this one for a little while. And a few weeks later, you know, you just put it in the back of your mind, and you wait, and you wait, and Bauer's like, okay, it's been long enough. They won't call it retaliation now. Bam. True, and, true, but, yeah. I mean, literally, as soon as he hit him, I started, I go, whoa, <laughs> I guess they're even for Vegas. I literally said that right yeah. when it happened. Yeah. I mean, and that's and like I said, I you know it takes a, crim, a, a criminal to catch a criminal. Dirty rider to catch a dirty rider. Like I, right. that, like, I agree dude, with you. Was, I totally agree with you. Hi, and, could, and you know this isn't and this isn't a court of law. Sure. I mean, and and John Gallagher, he does, and that's the thing. It, it is like you said. It's it's how do you judge intent? 
it's a slippery slope, man. And, and I and I don't know that if I ran it that I would do it that same way. But knowing that is how he does it, and you know what he thinks of you, you're going to get in trouble. Right. <laughs> yeah. You well, can do it. Clearly. You're going to get in trouble. I'm, I'm a, and like Gringo had a, yeah, he basically, he got the Dennis Rodman treatment. You know, yeah, Dennis yeah. Rodman can, can, you know, look at a referee crooked and they'll throw him out of a game. Right. Whereas, like, John Stockton could damn near stun on a referee and <laughs> nothing would happen. Yeah. Right now, he's Rodman. And uh. it is what it is. At the so. end of the day, everybody's a human being. Everybody's got emotions sure. and feelings, and well, you you, t- you need to be you need to be a, you know not 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 pick sides or anything like that. But it, it's already done now. So, hey, well, yeah, we we can pick sides. We're just talking about it. But yeah. John yeah. Gallagher cannot. If if it happened the way Tyler said it happened in that room, that's not good, and that there needs to be some sort of repercussions for that because as an official. You can't do that. You can't yell. You can't scream. You can't. You can't do that, and, and not in a professional sport. That, could you imagine if a referee in basketball or something like loses their cool and starts screaming at the player? Some dude's just losing his shit on Tom Brady. Right. It wouldn't yeah. go there. No. no, you can't do that. Hey, Cooksey, let's change subjects. We got about ten minutes left. Um, you're with Vital MX now. Talk about how that came about, and you know, um, you know what you're doing with Vital, and you know what your your goals are. Yeah, that's actually a dude, Guy B. You guys know Guy B. Steve Gibbers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I I've seen him, of course, at the races, and I finally actually introduced myself at Glendale and visited with him for a little while. Yeah, he is probably one of the nicest guys, and he has been cool to me since day one when Dungey was yelling at me, and <laughs> <laughs> you know when I was just. There's no crown, Cooksey. There's no crown, Cooksey. I know. Well, yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go but, ahead. No, I mean he, he he was cool to me from day one, and I was just like that's a that's a that's a good dude right there, and he gets it. And I was like, man, I'd like to work with him sometime. And and in the off season, you know, the guy I was writing for last year wasn't sure if he was going to continue. So I like, well, dude, I'm I know I absolutely want to keep doing this. I love this, and, and I want to see how far I can take it. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I'm like, all right, well, let me start reaching out. The first person I reached out to was Steve, and they made something for me. So I'm a, uh, I'm a freelance outside journalist, but I'm pretty much just writing for them this year. Um, I mean, I'm a, I, I could do other stuff, but honestly, I just kind of want to grow the audience with Vital. Okay. It's so big as is. And then I, I, I'm not going to lie, I'm definitely leaning on him a little bit because he's got, dude, he's got so much knowledge. You know, I mean, he's been doing this forever. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm digging it. And yeah, that's where I'm at now. Yeah, it's rad, dude. I, I love seeing you at the races. I, I'll be honest; I don't get on Vital very often, but when I see you link, when I, I see you put up a link to your article or whatever, I'll, I'll check it out because uh, I like what you write. I like your opinions. I, I, I like that you have usually opinions that are slightly different than anybody other people. Or you know, uh, you're, you're just honest, man. You 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 say what you feel, and it, whether it's um, what's the word I'm like, going along with the norm or not, you know. And I like that, man. It's it's cool. Yeah, it's funny, too, because, you know, Steve had a little bit of reservations, I think, you know, because that I am, I do seem a little bit controversial, but I had to reassure him, like, dude, I swear to you, I'm not trying to be controversial. Mm -hmm. I have a rule of thumb, like, I won't write anything that I wouldn't say to somebody's face, but as you well know, I'm stupid, and I say some (laughs) dumb things to people's faces, so, (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I I almost have to kind of take that back a little bit, um, yeah, it's it's nice having somebody that I can bounce stuff off of that has sure. that much experience. 
And he, he already has got me once or twice and said, dude, yeah, you probably shouldn't say that. And I'm like, ooh, okay, yeah, you're actually right. So. Well, that's good. That's good to have a, a mediator, basically, or, not, or, or a, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? An editor. And uh, yeah, an extra line of defense for, for yeah. me being a dumbass. So. so you also, you know, you're a WPS rep. Um, does that does the guys at WPS do they have any issues with what you write, or is there any like, hey, don't cross this line? Yeah, that's really really gray. Um, yeah, I, I honestly. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's 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 interesting. I, uh, I I really try and draw a hard line between the two jobs. Um, I, ha- I make sure I try not to wear any brand clothing on the weekends, and one job shouldn't affect the other. I show up on Monday, I go to my dealers, I do that, but I, I do my best to not cause any issues between the two. But it's it's hard. It's very difficult balancing that. But I think I do a decent job at it. Um, I definitely make sure that I, uh, I don't know if you notice, I do try and stay away from fly riders just because I don't want to, <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to get them in trouble. Sure. I don't uh, want to show favoritism. It's almost like, you know, when the kid has his, like, like a coach has his own kid on the team, he's hardest on that guy. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, sure. It's kind of, I have to just be careful. So I'm just trying to say what I think and do it in a respectful manner to grow the sport. Cause I, I mean, that's the whole goal is to grow everything, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, is there anything uh, new in the, uh, the the TMS department, the uh, the therapy we've all, we've we talked about prior? And the uh, you, are you still doing anything with that? Um, no, my treatment's done. I'm good. <laughs> is it still- that's the, that's the, that is the cool thing about that treatment is you get it, and if it takes, you're done. Okay. You don't yeah. have to. You don't have to go back every year. You don't have to monitor. Like if yeah. I ever have issues again, I'll definitely head back and and check it out. But well. And, you know, and they can do, they can hit it again and it will reopen those neural pathways and, you know. Yeah. But I, I did, I did talk to, I, I had a guy reach out to me who's going through the process and, and it wasn't working. And I, you know, I talked to him a little bit and it doesn't fix life problems. And that's the one thing that I kind of have right. to tell people is like, fix life problems. You still have to fix those, but it will allow you to feel, you know, good once you do fix those yeah well for our new listeners um give a brief synopsis of what we're talking about and once you do if you want to hear this story you can go back to our the moto x pod archives are um on itunes or anywhere and also on moto x pod moto x pod show.com the the show that we're talking about is still up up there but give everybody just a brief synopsis of what we're talking about your history and the the um that's the word I'm looking for. The, the what you went yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. So I've been riding and racing my entire life, and depression runs in my family. So those two things combined, um, I, I've had upwards of twenty diagnosed concussions, and I honestly have no clue how many beyond that. I would guess maybe a hundred. I honestly, when you see you're stinged, that, and I started looking at, and my wife started looks at head injuries, not as a physical injury, but as a mental health injury. Mm-hmm. When you when people get hurt, they check you in the hospital, they make sure there's no brain bleed, no swelling, so you're not going to die, okay, go home. But what they don't tell you is you just done some damage to some neural pathways that could easily cause you issues, psychological issues down the road. Um, or, or, or you just have these psychological issues either way. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't just treat head injury, and in fact, Head injury isn't even really the specialty that they advertise. Right. But 
we, but, it, but it damages those neural pathways. And what this does is it takes a magnet and electric shock and just runs it through your brain and kind of reopens it. They call it a reboot. And it just reopens those neural pathways that, have, that your brain has stopped using because of either damage or like you go into a deep depression, so you only use the, the negatives and your dopamine and everything goes down. And then you lose the ability to produce it. Right. You know? so, it so it reopens that. It's almost like flushing a river and reopening the you know, the past. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, this treatment, this TMS treatment, like it's been fi- found to help people with depression. Um, a lot of different, like you were talking about ma- mental um, issues. Mental health, ang- yeah. Yeah, anxieties. Uh, so if you have any interest in hearing about this, just go back through our archives or go to our website, motoxpodshow.com. Um, I'm almost positive the link is still up there. And if not, it's definitely in the archives. And check it out. It's pretty cool. Me and Mark and Cooksey did about an hour over this subject with a lot more detail on how it works and with Chris's um, history with his concussions. And it's pretty cool, man. It's really interesting. seems to help a lot of people. So go check that out. It's a good listen. Yeah, but Cooksey, man, thanks yeah. for coming on. You uh, you jumped in for me when uh, another one of our guests did not respond uh, this afternoon. And you're, you're uh, I appreciate you being a friend of the show and always being willing to help us out. No worries. And I want to let people know, too, hey, if you're struggling out there, don't struggle in silence. Talk to somebody. Worst case scenario, you can get a hold of me. I'm on, uh, if you go to Cooksey Media, on, at Cooksey Media on Facebook or ChrisCooksey61 on Instagram, message me, and I will do my best to get you in contact with a TMS place near your, your area. Or go to hprtc.com, hprtc.com, check it out, and, and maybe it's something that can help you. Hey, give me that. Give me that again. What is it? HPRTC.com. Yeah. HPRTC.com. Got it. I'm going to, I'm going to put that up on our social media too. So cool, man. Hey, Cooksey, I appreciate you. Um, hopefully I'll see you at another round soon. Are you going to be at Denver? Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at airfare today. Probably. Dude, you're weird. I get bouncy sickness now all of a sudden as I get older. I don't know where it came from, but it's real. Right. I don't know if I'm going to go or not. Seriously. I got the Jason Anderson sickness. So. <laughs> well, I'm ready to go. I'll be there. Hopefully, I'll see you there. You got it. All right, guys. Thanks, Cooksey. Take care, Chris. All right. Later. See ya. Yeah, Chris Cooksey. Um, really good dude. You guys have probably heard him call in and be on Pulp a few times and always helps us out. So, we'll be right back with Mr. Clint Lund with London X. Right, once again, we are back. Got a really special guest on the line. He is going to be brought to you by Power Band Racing. Power Band Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing the best service and products. They are committed to developing new products that improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. Based out of Minneapolis, they are a WP authorized service center and trusted by guys like Ryan Sipes. From mini bikes to big bikes, Power Band Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400. And follow them on Instagram and Facebook. So on the line with me is uh, Mr. Clint Lund of Lund MX. He's got a YouTube channel that is badass. He is also uh, the part-time mechanic for Mr. Tyler Entenap when he could be at the races. What is up, Clint? What's up, Dark Side? How you doing, bro? Doing good, man. I'm just sitting here in our in the bedroom where I do this show from and it, the thunder started we got a storm coming through and i couldn't figure out what the hell all that noise in the background is so i don't know if you can hear it but we got a bit no, of a, it's, a, it's it's clear on my end right on well um 
Man, so you uh, you've missed a couple rounds now, but um, the the West Coast rounds you were helping out the Seven Deuce Trace. Um, tell us a little bit about that to begin with. How did you get hooked up with Tyler, and um, you know how did you guys hit it off and start working for him? So it's, that's kind of an interesting story. So Tyler and Adam both uh, I live in the same area as they do. I mean, we're literally like twenty miles from each other. And uh, just growing up on the Tensor Coast, like, I'm, I'm 10 years older than Tyler, exactly. And uh, it's like, you know, I was out at the, our local track at the time, which was Moto Club uh, here in California, but they've long since closed. But, uh, like, everyone at the track knew about Adam and Tyler Antigamp. You know, they're little shredders. Uh, and it was kind of funny because they had, like, a reputation because they're, like, back then they're kind of chunky. Like, not a lot <laughs> of people knew that about them, but they're actually little chunky kids. And, okay. But they ripped. Yeah. They ripped. And, and so, like, I, whatever, you know, just, like, saw them in passing, uh, talked to their dad, and, and uh, whatever, you know, and just kind of as life went about, um, they had opened up their track to the public uh, to come out and have some ride days and for them to score a little bit of money and for you to ride a decent track. And so I kind of, you know, rehashed it. Just, been, you know, was like, hey, I don't know, are you guys back at Moto Club? And he's like, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, they, they kind of, like, I'm sure with all the people that they meet, they're like, yeah, we remember you, you know? But, right, right, right. Uh, so I just, just got to talking, and at that time, you know, I'd been a mechanic for about uh, just over 11 years at that time. And, okay. And um, and they were just kind of looking for someone local uh, that they can trust and, you know, kind of to experiment with. Because as a pro rider, it's not as easy as just finding a guy that can turn the wrench. Finding someone you can trust is a whole other level. So uh, I started just working with them pro bono, dude, just going out to the Supercross track at Castillo's and uh, just kind of showing them, you know, what I can do and, and what kind of uh, confidence I can instill in them. And, and it took about five years, you know, to, for them to fully, like, I, I did I did go with Tyler in 2015 uh, to most Supercrosses, again, to the ones you can afford me yeah. to get to. And then uh, 16, I didn't do anything with Tyler. And then 17, I went outdoor with Tyler. We hit the last four of the outdoor season. Yeah, I remember that. And then, yeah. And then, yeah. And then uh, coming in uh, Supercross this year, we hit the first uh, all West Coast rounds. And then, as you said, it, man, it's, it's, it's just, it's gnarly uh, seeing it firsthand as a mechanic and uh, what these privateers go through as far as expenses and stuff like that. It's just gnarly. And so, yeah, he just flies me out to the ones that basically he can afford. I mean, um, I'm not the skinniest dude in the world, and so I require I, I require a little extra food than the normal person. But uh, uh, so I can to, to feed me, yeah, to feed me and give me a, a a hotel room for the night, and then an airplane flight too. I mean, it's easily a G bar by the end of the night, just to sure. you know fun fun me coming out. So it's important to him. He did buy me my tickets for uh, Indy and uh, Daytona. So I know I'm going to be there for sure. Cool. But uh, it, that wouldn't be possible if I didn't have, I mean, outstanding community for my channel. Uh, you know, just people, viewers that are just PayPaling me money to help buy flights. So it's, it's insane, dude. It's such a such a rad community. I love to be part of it. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny you talk about the trust um, that that he has to have because this weekend at Dallas, you know, obviously you weren't there, and I, I always go see him pretty much as soon as I get there. And he was working on his bike by himself. And I was like, dude, I don't have anything to do for a couple of hours, man. If you need some help, he's like, no, no, I got it. I, I like to do it myself. <laughs> I was like, okay, you clearly don't trust me, but that's fine. Yeah. No offense, bro. <laughs> yeah. I get it though. I get it. But uh, it was funny, yeah, man. So, like what, what people don't really understand it. I mean, it's like uh, at a pro level, 
there's so much that can go wrong. And especially as big as Adam and Tyler are, they're, they're 200 plus. And uh, they vex those bikes, dude. Like, things come loose on their bikes that I haven't ever seen in the amateur. And, uh, you know, he sheared a, a linkage bolt, just clean sheared it. And I was like, I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. And a bike that has, you know, probably 15 hours on it. So they're just really rough on stuff, and they've kind of trained me what to look for over the time, you know, like uh, just key points that fail for, for the bigger dude. So that, that's why I trust is such a huge issue. Yeah, it's funny you you say that because, um, like, I hear all the time these guys, you know, you, you watch them race, and they're like, oh, yeah, I bit my shifter and my brake locked up. I'm like, I've been riding for 20 years, and I've never bro- broke a shifter or been a, a brake pedal or – or been a rotor by getting hit, like, and I've been hit. You know, it's like it's crazy how much more violent these guys are to these bikes. Yeah, and I, I can't, you know, uh, the viewing audience that watches it on TV and stuff, they have no idea. Like, sure, motocross is rough on the engines and overall mm-hmm. like suspension components, but like supercross is tough on everything else. It's tough on uh, linkage, bearing, any pivot point. And wheels, especially, it's really rough on wheels and subframes. Like, that's just gnarly on those bikes. Yeah, and we all know, like, I'm changing the subject a little bit. We all know how um, the personalities of Adam and Tyler, uh, fans love them. They're always so great to the fans. Um, but, okay, so you're in the background a little bit. You're working on the bikes, and there's constantly people coming up. Yo, bro, you know, and they're the hugs. Yeah. And um, Okay, does that ever – Honestly, like, do, do you ever see Tyler and kind of, okay, man, I'm getting a little tired of this, or is that really, they're just that excited to be with their their fans? Yeah, honestly, uh, as you see them on TV, interviews, whatever, that is exactly how they are in real life. That's not a face, that's not a stage, that's, that's nothing. That's yeah. them completely as you would see them at home. And that's what I love about the guys. They're just, they're so genuine and they're so charismatic. They're just really good humans. You know what I mean? Like there's just few people on earth that you can meet and just be like, dude, he's just a good human being. And like those, those, those kids are, are prime examples, dude. I got to give you a, a shout out on your YouTube channel. That thing, I did not know it was there until now. And I'm glad I do. I just subscribed and you give me plenty of stuff to watch cause I'm a, at work, sometimes I get a lot of ass time, so I'm a YouTube addict, and I'm very, very pumped on your page. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm pumped on it too. Like it, it's funny because it just started as more like a platform for me to share with my family members what's going on with my kids riding, and <laughs> um, what's what's really crazy is so like I we have several families that live out of state, and uh, so I videoed my son getting his first, my oldest son getting his first kick, sixty five. And now that that video is like almost at five million views. Wow! And it's like, yeah. And so I was like, well, maybe there's something to this, you know. But now I'm like easily twenty or thirty videos deep. But um, now I'm like, you know, nearing two hundred videos. But at the time, I was like, yeah, maybe there's something to this. Like it was never intended for public to see, but but it kind of just turned into that. And my kids love it you know, family loves it. And then, yeah, it's great because it, it pays me. So, I mean, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And like Mark, you know, before I met you at a one, um, yeah, I didn't really know a lot about you either. And we started talking about, I asked you some questions on editing videos and then I started checking out all your stuff and I was like, Oh wow, this is rad. Started sharing it and started realizing how you have a big fan base, dude. I do. 
I do, and I love every single one of them, dude. They're they're such a positive community. I mean, you get your trolls. And I'm not even throwing trying to throw them any sunlight right now, but they're those are the ones that fuel me just to do better because the the trolls they they're telling me I'm doing something right because they're jealous of something I'm doing. You know, right on. Yeah, that's a good attitude to have. Um, and I want to I want to give a shout out to one of your listeners when I announced that you were going to be on today. I got a bunch of feedback that were like, hey, man, love London X. But this one guy in particular, Corey Tryon, does that mm-hmm. name, is that name familiar to you at all? The, the last name does, yeah. Okay. Like I've, I've seen that one before. Well, he's got, a sh- he's got some of your shirts and stuff. And, um, yeah, he said to give you a shout-out. And, uh, yeah, he's a big fan. He is, and thanks to you, him being a fan of you, he said he's now a fan of our show for life. So that helped us out. Hell, yeah, dude. It's a circle of life, bro. We can <laughs> right? each other out. And, the yeah, Moto family. I'm, I'm down – down for that love that stuff for sure good um so uh you're you're working on this kx 250 build tell me a little bit about that what brought it on um why that bike so that's kind of an interesting question uh basically i wanted to find the everyday bike something everyone has or has have had or is looking to get so it's like okay you know, I started looking at a lot of CRF 250Rs because that's very common, uh, a lot of YZ250Fs, and, uh, you know, Kawasaki's back in the mid, uh, you know, 14, 15, they're killing it. They were winning shootouts. They were, you know, at the top of Mitch Payton's, you know, class. Everyone was uh, winning races on them, and I it, so it caused a huge surge in buying that bike. So I, I really did kind of pick very carefully and of course i wanted to find something completely trashed so i so i have a reason to go through everything that's the opposite then, of me uh, yeah yeah no i look for everything garbage because i'm going to put everything new back on it and, and you know so the most we can do to the bike is better for me okay and uh yeah just i found this thing and and uh dude wanted uh 650 bucks for a 14 kx 250f and the engine was completely grenaded and uh it was a sand dune bike and he ran it with no air filter <laughs> at the sand dunes, and, and uh, the rest is history. But that thing was clapped, and now it's uh, uh, you can put it up next to a Supercross bike in 15, you know, and uh, you will barely be able to tell any difference. It's that sick. Yeah, so what? what's what's your next? Do you have a next project, like, lined up, something you want to do or you definitely are doing? Yeah, so I've been kind of, like, teasing the audience for a while now. I, okay. I, I'm a big, big like, uh, I don't want to say Kawasaki. I do love Team Green. I love Kawasaki bikes. Grew up on them. But I have an 87 KX500 that I'm just dying Ooh, to, like... Nice. Yeah, dude. Just to do a complete retro mod where it has newer suspension, newer wheels, kind of like just a throwback, you know, as far as the engine chassis go, but everything else being completely modern with the brakes and suspension and everything. So, uh, that's, that's kind of the next goal. That's Part of the problem is that there's just not a lot of parts available for that, so you got to make a lot of things. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, so I'm just trying to tool up and get ready for that. So that's something that you do. You you can machine parts yourself and all that. You're you're that talented. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I wish I could say yes, but no. I got a buddy that uh, has all the machining equipment and can make me just about whatever I want. So I lean on him for a little bit of the engineering on that thing. Well, I'm glad I found your page. I'm building a uh, 2005 RM252 stroke right now that was just trashed when I got it. And, yeah. Uh, oh, dude, I love them. Bring the, them to me. The, heck, more, the more trash, the, the better. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, I'm going to definitely have fun going through your videos and getting some ideas and 
things of that nature because I'm not that good of a mechanic, so I need all the help I can get, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, um, hey, I'm, I'm looking – I was looking back through this message to try to find this uh, – what because Corey, Corey Tryon had said to tell you something, and he said, quote, unquote, let's go. Is that like is that that's one of yeah I, I knew that was one of your sayings I've heard you say that so I wanted to get that that's rad man I, I'm that's really Heck cool yeah. how does that make you feel knowing that you you have a fan base man dude it still hasn't even hit me yet to be very <laughs> honest like it, it it just it's like uh, I've had people behind me as a mechanic you know like just customers that came back because they loved the work that I did yeah it was solid and so they kept coming back and uh, I don't want to like seem like I'm like bragging or anything but I've just always had a lot of people behind me and cheering for me so it's like that's cool it, you know and now I'm I'm almost at 30,000 subscribers on YouTube it still hasn't said in that 30,000 people are like and you know behind me and they love what I do and yeah and uh maybe just even that that number like I just haven't wrapped my head around it but either way I'm gonna keep doing what I do I love doing it even if there's two people watching you know and uh, I would still be doing it and videoing it all the same and it, it's insane just to have the amount of support that I do and the Absolutely. sponsors too. Yeah. Sponsors are amazing. I'd like to have a third of your listeners on our YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it, dude. I, I did share, I did share on Insta that I was going to yeah. be on your, on your program. And, uh, I'm shooting another vlog from today, which unfortunately, as we speak right now, I am sitting in the emergency room hospital, uh, parking lot. Cause my son's in there getting his arm set. And, oh crap. And dude, you, you, we could have, <laughs> we could have rescheduled this, bro. No, you know, it's like, he's, he's under sedation. He's going to be fine. And unfortunately as a moto dad, I'm kind of used to this stuff. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Well, we won't keep you too much longer. I've got a couple more questions for you. Um, let's go. All yeah. right. So you weren't at the race this weekend, um, or, or last weekend, but, and we talked about this when I, we recorded the podium, which I haven't posted yet. So I'm going to ask you again, Dude, God. Tyler was so effing close to making his first main. We talked about yelling. I was yelling at the TV. You were yelling at the TV. Mariana was yeah. yelling at the TV. Dude, I mean, tell us how excited you're going to be when he makes that first main. It's coming. You know, it's I, I can't even put it into words, bro. Like, when he makes that first main, it's like, I feel like it's just slowly building. It's he's Every race, he's gotten faster. His results have gotten better. And he's closer and closer to that podium now, you know, in, in either the LCQ or even just making it straight out of heat. Yeah. Where it's it's insane because I didn't know if you were watching last weekend. Uh, qualifying for the top 13 was all within a second yes. of each other. Yep. That is, that is nuts that our sport has come down to one second is going to either put you in the main or it's going to put you in the LCQ. Like – that's drag racing stuff right there. And, exactly. And, and, and now it's in our sport, and it's just that's the level that these guys are and uh, the mentality, the physicality, like, of all of it is just you have to be so on point. And for, to know that Tyler's worked as hard as he has and we're so dang close, it just it, it's a good thing to know that, like, we're, we're not far away. We're really, really close. We just need to keep putting in that work. Uh, keep the mentality, the positive vibes going on the gate, and just yep. having fun riding dirt bikes. At the end of the day, that's what. It yeah, you know, it's funny. First of all, like I missed uh, almost all the the last round of qualifying at Arlington this weekend. I was in the pits and just busy, and I, I missed it all. You know, and I didn't go look. Um, I had already had my fantasy picks made. I didn't double check them. I just didn't have time. 
get into the night show and I'm watching him like, where is Tyler? Like he's not here, you know? And I had no idea. And uh, like, so then I started worrying about what if he got hurt? And as soon as the press conference was over, I went and found him. Dude, he's up in top of the rig, you know, helping load the team up, smiling, just, you know, I mean, clearly he's disappointed, but still as friendly as ever. And like you said, that positivity, man, that's going to get him a long way just in life in general. And, um, yeah, you know, that's why his fan base is what it is. And he's one of those unusual guys, man, that just seems like he's always happy. Yeah, he is. I mean, it, it doesn't take much, you know, to, to cheer him up after a night like that, you know. And unfortunately, there is just going to be nights like that. Yeah. We, we saw it with Bowers, you know, that, that unfortunate incident where it's just like, you know, a stupid decision can, can kind of ruin your night. And Tyler was just, he was focusing so much on just uh, putting in clean laps and doing as many laps as possible that he actually completely forgot about the whole qualifying and, and you know, getting your time in. And, and he just was, like, he was aware after the first uh, qualifying round, he was seventh. Yep. And he's like, okay. He's, and so in his head, he's like, I'm good. I'm good. I just need to put in laps, get some time on the bike. And, and then just go into the night show, you know, with, with some confidence. And it just kind of was one of those things where now we're in uh, the second round of qualifying and he can't put a clean lap in because there's yellow flags everywhere. There's red cross flags everywhere. And then when he does get a run at something, he tucks or makes a mistake. That's and, what I mean, he said. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's unfortunate, bro. It's really unfortunate. It, it was, you know, but uh, I mean, like I said, I was glad he was healthy and, and, get, and he'll be back at Detroit and, but um, so hey, my last question for you: this this season yeah. on the 450 class has been all over the place. It's been one of the probably the best seasons in my it's been remembrance. So good. Who wins the championship and why? Oh my God! <laughs> uh, all right, I'm 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 not a bandwagoner. Okay. And I know who you're already going to think as I say that, but I'm not a bandwagoner. I've been I've been a fan since. The dude was on lights, Yamaha 250s, and uh, Cooper Webb is just a solid example of persistence and drive. And uh, that kid is, uh, after race last weekend, you know he was he was buried. He wasn't like it wasn't oh, yeah. like he made some. It wasn't like he was he got a second place start and just muscled himself up to the front. No, he battled through, and he made everyone look bad, dude. And he, <laughs> he waited. He waited on Roxon. He, he wanted Roxon to make a mistake, and uh, when he saw that Roxon was just too solid and that he's going to have to make a move, he made a move. And I think, respectfully, in the sport, that was as clean as clean as a move as they get. I agree. Uh, and and even Roxon agreed that you know that he would have done the same thing. Yep. And um, he didn't jeopardize Roxon's career or his health or anything like some moves in the past have done to Roxon. And uh, he did it clean and pulled it off by by the hair of, a, of his chin, and, and it, it it provides some really great television. And uh, I, I guarantee everyone was off their seats in some form, you know, after oh, that yeah. finish. But the press I box, Cooper Webb, dude. I, I think we're gonna see a a, a red plate most of the year on Coop, and yeah, I, I think agree. we're gonna when we come down to the championship, it's it's gonna be a hell of a race. But my my money's on Coop. Yeah, and I don't think that's a bandwagon thing at this point. I mean, he's proven himself. I mean, it's just he he's the guy that's on fire right now. So I don't see it as a bandwagon. I just see it as, as of right now, those are the facts. Yep. Yeah, straight up. Well, cool, Clint, man. Thank you so much, London MX, uh, YouTube. Go If you guys don't subscribe to the London MX channel, go do it. Lots of cool stuff up there. 
Um, and especially when he's at, he's at the races and he's vlogging and it's, it's really cool, man. And I appreciate all your help, uh, with advice. Just when I had some vlog questions, I was trying to learn the software and you gave me some advice and I appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime, bro. Anytime. All right, Clint, take care, man. Go be with your son. And, um, I'll, I guess I'll hopefully see you at Houston. I hope you're there. Yeah. Um, not, I don't think Houston, but, uh, okay. I do know, I do know Indy. I do know Detroit, Las Vegas, or not Detroit, but uh, Daytona, Las yeah. Vegas, Washington. Give me there, guys. Okay, man. Hey, Clint, good talking to you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Nice meeting you. Yeah, you Dark too. Dark side, always a pleasure. All right, buddy. See ya. It's Clint Lund, L-U-N-D. He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter. I um, followed him. He's probably one of the most interesting cats I've talked to. Yeah, he's cool, man. He's he's uh, he's a really – well. <laughs> I'm so repetitive with that. Everybody I meet, I'm going, ah, they're, they're cool. They're such a nice guy. But it just is, man. Dude, so, I was so busy listening to him that I didn't have any questions yeah, for him. I was well, just interested in what he had to say. Check him out. Uh, follow him. And, uh, yeah, we got one guest left. we got Mr. Michael Lindsay with uh, – well, he's formerly with Vital. I think he is no longer with them. Um, nothing negative. Just uh, he decided to move on to his own thing. But we're going to talk about that. And I, I guess I could be wrong. We'll find out here shortly with Michael Lindsay. Up next, brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing leaky fork seals, so ask your local dealer or go to burrmotorsports.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook. On the line with us, uh, journalist extraordinaire. Uh, you're not – it's Michael Lindsay. Are you still with Vital technically, or are you finished? couple more days technically i'm helping them through the uh, end of the month but yeah technically uh heading out to do my own thing yeah i kind of mentioned that at one of our other segments i knew there was no uh no bad feelings or anything you just decided to go off on your own um but let's step back a little bit um originally how did you get involved with vital how did that come to be uh so i guess longer story like anybody uh i think i, I tried to chase the whole i'm gonna race professionally which didn't work um <laughs> So when I was like 18 to 20, almost 21, um, after one of my injuries, the sponsor of mine at the time, Ross Meta, who owns the racing, Ross yep. is more like a, a second dad to me than anything. He, uh, I think I was literally hurt at home one time, BSN, it's like, hey, come, you want to come down to the shop and, and build some stuff, and I'll have you start testing stuff, and uh, that was actually how I first kind of really got into literally trying things on a bike and testing. Before that, I would say I was just a meathead and run, ran whatever I was handed and really didn't okay. do anything, no bike, so... Uh, for three years, I was lucky enough to work with him and get to learn, not just about suspension, but I just got to test all the time, got to go to a lot of racing tests, stuff with Kawasaki, Star Racing, uh, Yamaha, things like that. And then I would do work in their shop and KYBs and stuff, but they never, it wasn't busy enough at the time to like, give me a full-time job. So I was bouncing around building some media bikes with Jay Clark for a couple magazines, and then I got into... I honestly, for the life of me, cannot remember how the conversation came up, but I've been a longtime member of the Vital Forum since like 08, and okay. well, I guess I say long time of the Vital Forum, there's the guys that are the OGs that in there since it used to be called Moto Drive, which for the life of me, I actually don't remember when that was started. I can't remember if that was like 99 or 2000 wow, okay. or something wow. like that, but that was the original board that Guy B started, and it's, it's been around forever, but it got uh, pulled into Vital originally, so I mean, it's... I don't know between it and Thumper Talk what, what's actually the largest form, but Vital's pretty busy. So, anyways, 
Uh, got involved with uh, the person who worked there before me in my position, BioLucatin. Started going to some bike tests for him. Did like Cowie Intro Yamahas, a couple bikes that year. And mm-hmm. uh, Bio and and the and the company had parted ways. And I just kind of randomly threw it out to him, like, "Hey, the last couple guys you've tried to have do this like tech testing job have been more like journalists or photographers. And like what I know is is testing bikes. My my dad's like I think most guys, grow mother, dad, pretty." Uh, pretty mechanical but like yeah. my dad grew up in a motorcycle and snowmobile shop as a heavy equipment mechanic can tear down like a mine sized tractor <laughs> like a huge anything you can think of in a mine he can tear down to a frame and rebuild so nice. he had taught me a lot so i knew a lot about engines um and i learned a lot about chassis and suspension broth so i just kind of threw it to him like hey give me six months you can teach me how to write a better sentence and if i suck <laughs> in six months just fire me or something like yeah shot. so yeah they uh they brought me in, and the company was pretty loose because at the time it was just um, Guy B was the only other employee on Moto. We had uh, one part-time guy, Scotty, who just kind of babysit the forum and posted some stuff. So I think I got like a, a one-month tutorial on how the website works, just going in the office every few days, which the office is pretty far. It's like an hour and a half each way from my house. Oh, okay. So I live out more towards the tracks, like Marietta, Temecula area, but offices on the fireside, Orange County. Um, uh, but anyways, after like a month or two, he goes outdoors. I pretty much left on my own and, uh, just kind of did all the bike intros. I really wanted to push it towards testing. So started doing a bunch of bike tests, did shoot out like they'd never done shootouts before. So I lined all that up. And, uh, so I was there almost five years full time, just kind of doing like anything I really want to work on. Mostly of course, tech driven articles and features are what I love most, but you know, I picked up photography, started interviewing, doing video, pretty much any anything that's needed to run the site I do. I'm involved with the ad team, so go on a bunch of meetings and ad sales and try to find new content ideas, uh, get to travel around a lot. Got, got pretty spoiled since I had my grab of whatever I wanted to do. I'm yeah. trying to go to some pretty cool places in five years. I've been to Japan like five or six times. I've been to Europe like eight or nine times now. Uh, I've gotten to ride motorcycles in a bunch of new countries, so it's been fun. Yeah, that's you, uh, you probably have enough stories that we could do three or four of these interviews and just talk about some of the stories. And I, I do want to get into a little bit of that. Um, but you told me when I met you for the first time at A1 this year, um, and you talked about, like, you kind of gave me a hint that this was happening and that you really like the technical side. You want to focus on that. Um, is that come from because the, your dad and the way, you know, he he was with his tech, you know, mechanical skills? Or did that kind of come later just because you said you just you were like a meathead just rode what you had at what point did you really get into the technical side of the bikes um actually it's funny for like i said though as much as my dad's mechanical it definitely taught me a lot later on i would say like most kids probably between the ages of especially 12 to probably 18 when he was trying to teach me i probably didn't pay attention enough so like i could do my own bike most of my own bike maintenance like i would maintain all my bikes all the time Mm -hmm. um when we were racing other than if I need help, like, hey, we're going to do a full motor rebuild. My dad would help me do the bottom end and stuff. I would split everything and help me go through and see if anything was wore out. And But then he would kind of watch on my shoulder and tell me how to put stuff back together. But um, honestly, I got really into it when I started working for Ross because, like, one of the first days I worked with him, I went to a Kawasaki test with Ryan Villapoto. And it was just, you know, I've grown up in Southern California. It's nothing new to see those guys ride. But it was so cool to be at a Supercross track. And it's and it's something I said, like, when you, whenever you get to do testing that involves Supercross, it's so much fun from the technical side because the guys hit the same 
lying and they're on the track by themselves and everything is so repeatable. Yeah. You you can see how the smallest change affects so many different aspects of the bike. And, you know, I compared that, I guess, like, it's the closest thing moto is going to have to road racing or auto racing where the conditions are so similar. You can, you can test and even from a visual standpoint as being the, the standby guy, just watching jump faces and whoops and corners, you can see how it affects the bike. You could see everything from them trying engine mounts to torquing bolts different to moving yeah. the rear axle that you could see lap to lap how much it affects the bike. And from there, I don't know, just kind of like, man, this is really interesting. Yeah. I'm re- that that's an interesting answer because I'm always really kind of jealous when I've heard you on the other shows, you know, or I hear, hear Kiefer talk about that stuff. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I could have 12 pounds of pressure in my tire. I could have 13. Like, I don't feel that difference. I'm jealous that you guys can break that down, but saying what you just said that the track it's one guy out there on the track and they're hitting the same lines. And then you make these little minor changes and you can see it. That's really interesting because I haven't thought of it like that. I I just think of it as like um, I go out and do my local practice or whatever and ride for 10 or 15 minutes, and I'm just happy to be riding. You know, I'm not thinking about the individual things, and I almost – I just – I don't know, man. It's, it's really – what you just said is interesting to me. I never thought about it in that way. Yeah, it's just mostly, especially the West Coast, the, the test tracks. I mean, it's literally most time you're out there testing, it's one or two dudes on a 450 team. And they just have the track themselves, and they hit the exact same line every lap. Yeah, so you you just start to see like it's funny as when you'll make a, a shock change for somebody, they're looking for something in the loops, a certain feeling or a certain movement, and you'll do that, but you'll see you know how it affects how it squats coming out of the corner, or how it changes the balance entering, or when they're making a fork change. Uh, I thought it was interesting how you can do one or two clicks on compression for maybe exit corner feel or something, but you can see how different the bike pitches on a jump face as they're you know, especially a really top-level guy isn't seat bounce and they're trying to drive over the front end through a triple-triple, and you actually see how the bike changes its, uh, you know, its attitude off those faces just from little changes like that. Yeah. Now, what's more fun to you? Do you like doing just di- various different product testings or, or bike shootouts? Wh- which one do you prefer, or do you just like them bike, all the same? Bike shootouts, definitely, and new bike intros. Products, like, I actually got away from doing as many because it's kind of hard, like, uh, and I've gotten slack from this before. People are like, oh, you guys say a lot of stuff's good. And I think legitimately, like, a lot of products in moto have gone really good. It's it's pretty rare that I come across a product. Like, it's one of those things, most of the time, if a product's going to be absolute crap, I can tell just by looking at it, feeling it, knowing its features. It's it's not very common that I find something that I think is going to be good and then get surprised because it's, absolute trash unless something super weird wears out so i thought to me product general product reviews got a little monotonous after a while i like to i would do more product reviews on really unique stuff that was super new or really different category yeah but just reviewing gear and boots over and over and helmets um like yeah i'm able to pick apart a helmet and give you a, a big comparison um, but especially singular reviews i think are hard i like doing and you know Kiefer's doing a lot of them now his bottom kind of jealous like it, it depends how you do. I think the podcast way is really good to break it down. We tried to do some of them towards the end of Vital. I thought they were kind of, they killed a lot of time is when you try to do them with video and photos, or mostly photos and written is uh, doing doing comparisons can be cool because you mm-hmm. can actually, instead of being like, hey, when we do a general review, a lot of these are four, four and a half star products. But when I take eight of them, I can actually give you a one to eight of what I think of them. Same thing as a bike shootout. Like, yeah, yeah. Shootout season is my favorite time of year. It's the most stressful hell i've ever been through like <laughs> for work which is funny because 
me and Keith are always talking about that kind of stuff. It's just all these little nightmare things happen, trying to get everybody on the same page, uh, a track trying to get all the manufacturers same day, enough test riders, all the correct gear. Um, we uh, we just did an off-road one right here as I'm leaving bottle, and I let Clinger kind of take it over. And the off-road one was pretty metal, mellow on schedule, but still a bunch of things went wrong. And he of comes course. to the track the first day, and he looks at me, and he's like, I have so much more respect for you and Kiefer. Like, I always knew it was a pain in the butt, but he goes, this thing has ruined two weeks of my life. <laughs> but, yeah, to, to answer your original question, yeah, the, the the bikes, the initial bike intros, the comparisons, that kind of stuff is definitely what I really prefer to do because I just feel like, um, you know, I said every year, people like to say shootouts are pointless. I get more feedback, more DMs, more emails about shootout than any other feature 100-fold because – yeah, all the bikes these days are really good, but I still stand by saying that while some people will be like, oh, buy any bike, you'll be happy. Eee, yes and no. I, I've even experienced this with um, guys I've grown up riding with or have been around me riding as I try to point them towards other bikes. And now that I do this for a living, they listen to me more often. Um, <laughs> right. I found guys that were like really brand loyal. I had a buddy who was a super Honda Yamaha guy, and he would basically jump back and forth every year between one and Okay. And I watched him chase things about setup, and he's a good local vet pro. Like, he can knock out top threes, almost moto wins at, like, you know, at um, any local California series in 30 Pro. So mm-hmm. he's fast, but um, not the best bike setup. And then he's always just ch- he's, he's either on one bike, he's a crashaholic, or I see him struggling with certain aspects. I look at his riding style enough, I'm like, dude, you need to get on a Cowie. And he's like, yeah, I grew up riding Cowie, so I knew a lot about their aspects. So I'm like, it would suit you so much better. No, no, no. He was just super anti-Cowie for a long time. I finally got him on one two, three years ago, so now he's on his second or third Cowie. Loves it. He's riding better than he ever has. He isn't crashing his off. Right. And he was just, like, blown away. He's like, dude, it's so much better for me. And that's why I try to tell people shootouts. Like, that's what I love doing. I love when I actually can lead. You know, we do all that, and at the end of a lot of those videos, I say, like, hey, you know, I'm not saying the bike that won this shootout is the best bike for you. I'm just saying that it did the best overall. Ever guys, it has the most rounded attributes. Mm-hmm. But break these things down. I, we go through all this effort of writing out all these sections and doing all this breakdown so people can read all the attributes of the bike and how they affect each guy to find the bike that suits them. Because I really think when you nail, you know, nail it with a certain bike, it, it really can improve your riding experience uh, a pretty big margin. Really make it more enjoyable. Yeah, it's I I enjoy them and I like what you guys do and, and even though I'm not even looking to buy a new bike um, because my budget doesn't allow it, it's still really interesting to hear all the different aspects of the bikes and um, all the time you guys put into them. I mean, it's just it's it's unreal. Yeah, the time one's also kind of funny because like we'll get you know a big push for us at Vital and it's the same thing I'm gonna try to do on my own with um, timeliness. Like I think we got saw a few people complain because this year the 450s came out super early right um, we had everything by the end of July. i think we were testing shoot out first week of august we knocked it out first we did our four four days of testing and if you appear like oh you don't put enough time in i'm like well each bike got something like 18 hours on it in four days between everybody <laughs> rotating and i'm yeah. like how many times uh, i try to tell kids like how many times do you jump on your buddy's bike and within five laps you know you hate it or like it? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm like, it's kind of the same thing with shootout. We always joke about after the first day of testing, you kind of have your one through six pretty pretty set. There's usually some like, because it is close, like maybe your one to two is really tight or your, your three and two. So we keep testing to try to try as many settings as we can try and try to ride as many different tracks we can to see if it messes with it. But it it's 
usually by the end of the first day, you have an idea of which attributes suit you. And then from there, you're just fine-tuning whichever, you know, like I said, whichever ones are closer together, seeing how easy it is to set up the bike or oh, how yeah, yeah. out of range you have to go to get it really suited for you um, or how much it changes track to track. Definitely. Yeah, that's that's interesting, man. I, I don't think I personally have the patience to do those kind of things. I'd like to do a test just once just to try it, but I don't know how good I'd be at it, to be honest, but I'd like to try it. Yeah. Um, it's it's no, go ahead. I was going to say the last thing that's kind of funny is because like every year, that's the thing I get up the hit the mo- or hit up the most by current pros, ex pros, just random people. Can I be in your shootout? Can I be in your yeah, shootout? Yeah. I'm like, I torture my guys. I, I keep a really tight schedule at mine. I know it's pretty. I've had the OEMs tell me nobody really goes about it this tight, but like we get there, everybody has their riding order every 30 minutes, like what bikes are going through, and it's based off a. Of, a scale of weight to make it easy on the OEMs to do sag changes. Sure. But pretty much every day a shootout we ride, I torture the guys. They ride usually, they have to ride 20 minutes. I mean, they end up putting around four and a half hours to fire of actual, probably about four to four and a half hours of actual ride time, which I know one of the only people that ever goes through stuff like that is, is Chris. He rides like a maniac at his shootout, but I make like all my guys do it. So usually by the third or fourth day, they, they I think, hate motorcycles. Because <laughs> just nobody, every, everything hurts. Especially yeah. when we do the ones that are in the summer in Southern California. Like August this year, we were doing one of the shootout days, and it was like 110 out. And it was Shit. by 3 o'clock, I think at one of the tracks, Kiki, I, on my left pro, it said we had done, I did like 138 laps that day or something. Right. Just like, this, this sucks. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I want to step back though. You were ta- mentioning the product testing. It's not your favorite thing, but I know you did get the. Uh, you went to the Fly Formula intro, did you not? Yes. Yes, I did. So they are a sponsor of the show. I'm very excited about this helmet. Um, I finally got my hands on one at Arlington this weekend and tried it on. The thing to me seems unreal, but you've actually got to put a little little work into it, a little testing into it. What are your thoughts on that helmet? Be honest. Um, I, for me, you know, it's, it's, it's hard and it's not to deal with, um, how everybody presents their testing data. I actually just had a conversation with another helmet company that's getting ready to introduce a product and they asked me what I thought of Fly's presentation specifically and they killed it. They knocked out of the park for making the information digestible, covering all the bases on it. I, I walked away from there and I was very impressed. So for me, helmet safety is fairly near and dear to me because I've had a lot of really bad concussions, um, probably between the ages of like 16 and 19, I, I racked up quite a few of complete KOs. And as much as I talk right now, I had a weird spree of probably eight months where I couldn't hold conversations with people. I had some weird after effects from one where I would kind of go blank after five minutes yeah. of talking to someone. Um, they knocked out part definitely for me of, of the helmets available. It's easily top three to the number one of what they've done in safety standards. Um, I actually had a really great time talking to, uh, Dr. Dan Plant, the guy behind the Rion technology, they flew in from London. <clears throat> not not to say anything against Airmail Labs, but most of the questions in, in the Q&A were how many shell sizes, what's the price. I've been to Mitz's laboratory. I've been laboratory testing facility. Um, Bell's, uh, 60s, dealt with them, all their stuff. Troy, I, I try to study up on the, on the way they test, the standards, how everybody's going about rotational how it affects the how they're actually looking at rotational energy, whether it's the spike of actual energy applied to the brain, the dwell time, the duration of the energy. So I got to ask um, Dr. Plant a lot of really great questions. And the cool part is that that guy that assigned the Rion technology, even though he's this 
the doctor in London, he grew up riding moto. So okay. he, he was able to apply a lot of the answers and terms to, to really usable information compared to some of the doctors I met that have been involved with helmet projects that probably think most of those dirt bike guys are crazy, honestly. <laughs> right, right. Um, that guy, they, they did a great job. Uh, biggest thing is I was really impressed because they combined technologies. I wouldn't say other than the Rion, nothing really about it is per se original, like the cone technology the eps has been in the cali helmets and i think the liat but they packaged it a lot different instead of making it two completely separate eps's of, of cone and then coning them together they did sections of cone um eps with a top layer that is in different areas of the helmet it it's different densities based on what kind of energy is usually displaced that area and how much uh, okay. EPS volume is available um, also increasing the volume in key areas. Like a lot of people I think have learned, even though the helmets are dropped vertically, a lot of times you're hitting on that forehead area, your back, kind of the back quarter panel of your head. They focused on increasing the volume in those areas because simply put, a lot of people complain about the size of the 6D, but, you know, incre- increasing the EPS volume gives you m- more area to crush it or for more energy area for the energy to pass through and be absorbed. Um, the Rion technology is really cool because it's it's got a non-destructive quality to it. It's able to absorb the energy, um, disperse it, and kind of extend it. The like change the you know the peaks into a different duration and stuff. But it unlike EPS, where if you hit it hard enough, it crushes and it won't bounce back. To a certain extent, that Rion technology is non-destructible. Basically, you can squash the living crap out of it and it'll return to its normal form right. and back to full usability. That's awesome. Um, which is really cool. The material also offers a rotational quality because of the kind of the maze looking design to it. It allows it to move around your head. Um, the other thing I was really impressed with it is how it feels on the head. So I look at those and I'm instantly worried because um, I, I don't mean to be this as a diss, but one of my least favorite helmets on the market is the Liat from a, just from a, not saying from a safety standpoint, but from a comfort standpoint, those little, um, I can't remember what they call the, the, I knew the name the other day. The little dot circles they use in there, the vortex. I remember what they're called off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't either. Kind of a similar, like a similar theory to Rion, but those I can feel on my head through the line. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed. I put on the helmet and I can't feel the Rion taps. I have to basically put a ton of pressure on the helmet and push down to even feel them and it's not because the liner is thick the liner isn't is pretty thin but it's comfortable yes. so you're definitely contacting that rion material but it doesn't it, it's one of the most comfortable helmets i've put on um i felt the same riding way in it, and riding in it what i was really impressed is the ventilation is top quality like there's better definitely some of the euro helmets are really like with big air channels sent a little better than it but what i was really impressed is i didn't think it was that far off of them on ventilation but it's so much quieter. Usually a helmet that vents that well is pretty loud inside. And I actually, I really want to do a, a, a video or an article on this. I'm probably going to give up and start running um, earplugs, like watching Eli and a bunch of guys. I'm starting to already get hearing loss in my right ear. Okay. Um, at 26, probably not great. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I was really impressed being in that helmet, how quiet it was at the same time. That was really a shocker, the way they've uh, run the air channels through it. There's not a lot of, you don't hear a lot of droning noise inside the helmet. You don't hear the sound reverberate in the channels or anything. So I was pretty impressed with uh, the ventilation quality versus the uh, how much sound deadening there was. It was really, uh, really impressive, I thought, as well. 
Darkside yeah. and I were talking about this helmet before we started uh, started the show today. Now he was he was giving me his opinion on the. Uh, he was of course telling me all the good things about it, but sizing. He felt like you needed to go up a size uh, for that helmet. Do you think the same thing? Um, it was a little. I think at the intro we had out of probably the ten media guys that were there, I think one or two upsized. Um, for me, it was pretty normal. The only thing, and this is a, uh, this is probably one of the only things about the helmet that I wasn't 100% sold, but this has come. So I have, I wear a medium helmet. I would say the cranium area in my head is pretty on point for a standard medium. Like most medium helmets fit really well there. Um, I have a very round head. I'm a C-section kid. So I have a very <laughs> round head. Um, that fits really well to me. The only thing that was really missing, I thought, um, and I ordered a set. And I'm going to get them. Is I'm going to try thicker, thicker cheek pads in mine, where I felt the looseness was a little bit around the cheek. I thought the cheek pads could have a little more structure to them because they're a little on the on the short side. Um, one thing I do with most helmets when I first get them because I have really thin cheekbones is I'll take a helmet and I try to push on the mouthpiece to see if I can contact my nose again to right. see if I can push out of the helmet. It fell about middle for me. It didn't directly hold me back in the helmet but i couldn't easily smash my face there's a lot of i would say more than around 50 percent of helmets on the market in a standard medium i can grab and smash my face and i have to have a thicker cheek pad the helmet moves about on me that's the one thing i thought on the helmet um that made it feel a little loose is i thought the pads could be a little bit better for my face size okay so i'm gonna go up a cheek pad size but i thought most of the cranium area was pretty pretty good um for me right Cool, man. That's a lot of really awesome information. Heck yeah, man. No, he. That's what I wanted to know. Right. Um, so I got a couple more things for you. Um, before we get into what you're about to start doing, I'd like to have one good vital story of where you've had to block somebody. <laughs> Here's a. The weird part is, I don't usually have. Oh, oh, I do have a good one. Okay. Wait, I was gonna say most of them are an after an after story of what happened after I banned somebody for just being a regular moron. <laughs> but the one that really was super weird is, um, have you ever seen those rear hole shot link devices? Yes. That like, uh, the only team, a lot of teams in Europe are in, uh, us, I think the BT or sorry, I always get back to Butler brother, Rocky mountain team. I still, <laughs> funny how many teams that right, yep. people I talked to in the pits accidentally called BTS. Oh, I, yeah. I still do they, it. They did a gr- they did a great job of branding that team for so many years. <laughs> right. Um, so the only uh, that team that part is called HSL is the the comp- I think it's C2P in Europe makes them or something like that. The original version was actually built by a KYB engineer in the Janda Group Cowie team, I think, or the Factory Cowie team in Japan ran in like O2. But anyways, this guy in Belgium makes them. Um, Mike Batista, MB1, started importing them a couple years ago, but he would make these weird claims like, built in America, uh-huh. here, I built them. And all of a sudden, these accounts started popping up on the forum where somebody would post a picture of the link and be like, um, would post a picture of the link and be like, hey, what is this? And then another account that only had like three posts would come in and go, Those are, that's a whole shot link. And then a third account would come in after a few more people commented like, what are those, what are those? Third account comes and goes, oh, those are designed and made by Mike Batista. You can buy them on mb1.com. And I'm like, this is weird. So yeah, yeah. I didn't initially, it didn't click with me quite that much. As much as I went in and commented back, I'm like, hey, just for fair fair use, as far as I'm aware, he imports them. The original company was called CTP. Um, HSL Link, it's been really popular in Europe for a couple of years. Like, here's the original maker. Yeah. Either Batista has some kind of like, either an import deal or some kind of co-branding deal. I'm not sure. But like, here's, here's who makes it. 
And then one of the accounts came back at me and was like, you're, you can't, something about I can't have favorites, and we all know you work for Factory Connection. And then I comment back, I'm like, I actually work for Enzo, and no, I don't play favorite on suspension articles, um, but I was like, what's the point? And then a couple accounts started jumping on me, and all of them had low post counts. So I checked the IP address, and there was like 15, not 15, it was like 10 or 8 accounts all signed up on the same IP. Ah, I yeah. tracked them. They all they all popped up in Corona within a couple blocks of my shop, and then finally, I realized it's him, and I called him out, called him out on it, not directly on the forum. I think I called him out person. Oh no no no, he called. He was advertising at the time, and he called one of my ad guys. I think all PO'd about me like dissing his brand or something. And at that point, I was pretty over it. I'm like, this is bullcrap. Guy using multiple accounts to like, you know, push his stuff out there, push his his dialect, like how he wants to do it, this is BS. And then finally, I didn't have to even do it. One of our forum members figured out and goes, this is Mike Batista from MB1, is it? And then everybody kind of dogpiled on him. And then he got super angry and basically called me a, a bitch or something like that for having all oh, all your lackeys are attacking me. I'm like, I haven't said anything. You dug yourself a hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think my cohort goes, why don't you delete that? I'm like, eh, he dug himself a hole. If he's going to be like, if he's going to pull this, he can dig himself a hole, and he did, and pretty much from there on, like, he did, he stayed away for a while, and then he came back on and tried to post him again, like, something about the link thing, and a bunch of forum members called him out again, and then he didn't do anything after that, but nice. that one was interesting. That was the first time I ran into companies having accounts to bag on other companies on our forum. Right. It popped up a couple times since, but not to that degree. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a terrible idea, but you got you got to work it a little better than that. Yeah, and we've had even, like, I, I've had one or two brands I've had to have a talk to about this because I'll see this account back on another brand's product, and I'll look up who it is, and I'll personally talk to them, like, dude, you can't do something like that. Yeah. And I've had a few be like, well, we advertise on your site. I'm like, yeah, but if they were bagging on your product, you would want me to also say something. Like, just sure. stay out of If you want to come on as yourself, cool. Tell people all the time, like, if, if you got people talking about your product on the forum, good or bad, and you want to comment, Create a pro like create a company account. Create an account and be like, hey, I'm a rep for such and such. Like, there's a lot of people that do that on the forum, and they get, you know, really, really good response. Like, I know a lot of brands and people told me they've gone really good drive of sales or oh, just nice. good responses from from you know taking care of even if it's an issue. Somebody comes on there and blows up like, I bought this and it broke. If one of the brand guys, I'll send those emails to the or those topics to the brand guys. Like, hey, just so you know, this forum member's pretty PO'd. Do you want to take care of it? That's and good some idea. will be like, oh, I don't want to get involved. Like, it's going to be a crap show if I get in there. Just just let it pass. I don't care. Some dudes will be like, okay, they'll jump on and be like, hey, super sorry. Like, email me directly. I'll take care of you. We're really sorry. Like, want to make this right. And anytime that happens, everybody's super stoked. Like, they don't get after the guy, like, your product sucks. They get back and like, hey, that's, you know, that's really good customer service. Yeah, definitely. Like, I even though your product sale, like, I'll consider you next time I'm buying X product or something like i'm really stoked that you support this forum and this group because it is even though the, the form vital form gets crap at times it is a really good community and i will say like the people i've met from there are really vocal and they're very um what's the word i'm looking for but basically if we have people supporting the side of the forum they're they're very uh, they'll definitely lean towards a purchase from that company yeah. um they they definitely recognize when somebody's stepping up or supporting Fantastic. I like that. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Um, all right. So we're, we're running a little bit out of time here. So I want to hear what is the future for Michael Lindsay? What are you, what are you doing next? 
Um, I've actually been, I was just like, so I was at the, this KTM Red Bull flat track event tonight. Um, I've just been running around collecting content. I'm just going to launch, um, it'll be first, I'll start putting out probably some content later next week, but I'm basically just doing a self-branded YouTube channel. I, probably what I'm best at is being in front of the camera and explaining bikes. So I went to all the OEMs, told them what I wanted to do, and they're all on board. I'll be doing all the bike intros this year. The, I'll do Husky Rockstar Edition next week, KTM FE. I'm a little... Like, I kind of gave them late notice to get in those, but, like, probably the rest of the intros this year, I'll be on the normal launch dates or schedules cool. pretty close to their bales. But uh, do that, do shootouts. I want to do a lot of tech, like I said, based stuff. Also, kind of been recording. I, I, I guess in a term it would be a vlog, but it's not focused on me. It's as much as I get to I get to go to some really cool places during the year. I've been to Japan with Suzuki, like, four or five times now. We'll go again this year. Like, I want to show people a lot more behind the scenes of what happens at these shootouts, these bike intros, these big product launches, some of the weird places um, I get to go. I'm going to try to work with some brands to go. At Vital, if we had a company approach us about maybe going to a factory tour or something, it was a little more muddled with ideals to be able to go do them. Um, I want to take this opportunity to, it's partially for myself for the cool aspect experience, but I want to do a lot more features um just getting to see a lot more of the behind the scenes of how certain stuff is made, how certain stuff is developed. Um, like in the fly case, I actually had spoke with uh, Dan Plant quite a bit. Um, I'm going to try to line it up to go to the Rion Lab at London. Oh, nice, um, yeah. He basically, based on the conversation we had in the Q&A, he walked up right after him and Cardi goes, Let, let's get you to our lab. I want you to come check this out. So I want to do more stuff like that. Um, and just, like I said, so I mean, some of it will be super – professional done like i've done vital some stuff might be a little bit vloggish gopro walk around but just anything i can capture that i think uh people would like to learn about is what i want to want to focus on absolutely i'm excited that's cool i'll be uh definitely checking that out keeping an eye on it um it's uh i, I like seeing what you guys guys like you and Kiefer have to say about products because it, it definitely influences me i see a lot of these different products and you know i don't know what might be best for me or what works the best you know so yeah i appreciate what you guys do and i'm looking forward to it yeah, I think Kiefer's done a great job. He's been amongst a couple different, like, people have kind of given me the hope to try to go and do this. Kiefer's done a really good job of kind of, you know, self-branding himself. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've done everything in Vile for Five Years All videos. I think I could, I think I can pull it off. And it's funny how Moto Media is a little bit going that way with, with the demise of Transworld. Uh, Don's kind of doing the same thing with his Swap Moto mm-hmm. um, series. That's going to become the future of all their content, their racers. Like, everything's kind of under his nickname brand. So, I just think it's with modern day media, with with social media, how you can drive people directly into your content so easy, and makes it fairly viable to go out and be like, you know what, I I just want to make cool stuff. Definitely, yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I think you're going to do a good job at it. You got a good personality. People like you. Um, they know who you are, man. So good luck, and thank you so much for coming on tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again. Have me on. I'm always down to BS about bikes or anything. Yeah, I definitely, I, I, I've already got ideas in my mind of more stuff I want to get into with you. So I think we'll have to do this again in the next two or three weeks. Awesome. All right, Michael, man, take care, Good and luck, I'll talk Michael. to you soon, man. You guys have a great evening. You too, buddy. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, Michael Lindsay. Um, I guess YouTube, Michael Lindsay, follow him, um, do you Instagram. Feel, do you ever get the feeling like the land, the landscaping of Moto Media is kind of evolving? Oh, it's it the, is. It's in the process Absolutely, of, as yeah. we speak. And that dude was so knowledgeable. Like, I didn't 
you know, he knows his he, stuff. Like he knows details, and the questions he said he asked on the helmet intro was like, I like, I wouldn't even have thought about that no. stuff. The guy's smart, man, no. and he's fast, and he knows what he's doing. And uh, him I mean, and, yeah, him and Kiefer are both two of a kind. Like, yeah, they're, they're, I, I go, <laughs> sure. I go to Kiefer when I want to know something. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're going to wrap up episode 113. Um, again, be looking for the Amzoil giveaway. We'll probably have more details next week. TJ is supposed to be back in, so we will. I'm sure we will be doing the stream on YouTube, and you can see the new banner that MX Girl Designs got up for us. It's pretty sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So thank you to uh, Shar for that. And uh, that's it, man. It's a wrap. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for coming in. Bart. Hey, enjoyed it. Good to be back, guys. Absolutely. See you next time. Yeah.